Because I just want to see someone get maced during anal sex. That's like always, that's a dream of mine. I thought you were dead. Sun out of your eyes and be yourself. Heard you were dead. She's dead, wrapped in plastic. That man's dead back then. It was worse than dead. Must be dead. Is this a dead man, Ducky? Lesser life forms than deer have figured out how to not be roadkill. Fucking potatoes. There's still food for other beings, but you never like run over a fucking potato at like 60 miles per hour unexpectedly while going down like the I-9 South. Nah, you're you're just being rude to potatoes now. Rude. That's fucked up. Yeah. <laughs> Cody's being insensitive to fucking tubers. Alright, let's start this show. I'm on a roll. I'm heated fucking Yeah, already. Cody's mad, so welcome <laughs> to Roast Mortem. damn it. My name is Tom. <laughs> I'm a Travis. I am your Cody that is definitely rolling. Hello, Roll- Mike. Wait, Cody's rolling on what? What are you rolling on? Uh, the fucking audio meters. Oh, okay. Just turn those it was so on. sudden. Tom started this so sudden, and I... Just, just double just checking. Just had to. I had to. I had to check. I had to check. I got to silence my phone. And let me. Do that. Let yeah. me. Do you let guys want to start again? Because that people. was a little rough. Nah. No, I love. Give it the. <laughs> give the. Give the people at home the roughest shit ever. All right, that's fine then, Mike. How was your week? I'm taking your. I'm taking your thunder, Travis. God damn it. My week. Yeah. It's good. I went. I went back to work, so that was fucking nice. Oh, look at you, fucking yeah. essential. Travis, you can have your thunder back. Oh my! Wait, Tom, how was your week? Oh, thanks. <laughs> yes, my week. Um, it's been a good one. I've been busy with work. Um, one thing I realized: I've been watching this show on Hulu, uh, trying to learn the truth behind some stuff. Uh, the show is called NASA's Unexplained Files. Are yeah. you a you're a truth seeker? Well, maybe I am. Aren't maybe we all? More of us should be. But my point <laughs> is, uh, what what the reason I'm bringing this show up is that. It explains like half of the things that they talk about. <laughs> so, I'm not only good or bad, yeah, and it, it's never an alien. It's never an alien. Is that disappointing to you? Wait, yeah, yes, yes, it is. Okay, oh, so it's, it's NASA's like NASA's uncovered files. NASA's unexplained files, in which in the show oh. they explain their files. And it's I not love, supernatural. Yeah, I love that. It's only That's halfway. Great. Halfway like descriptive. It's like it's what it's supposed to be. Was the moon landing real? Yeah, of course yes. it was real. <laughs> uh, I'm sure it wasn't Hollywood. There's cheese on the moon. No, th- no, we're sure they got humans to get to the moon with alien technology. We all know that. Oh, okay. oh yeah. As far- that, so, that's a new middle ground I've never seen. Yeah. So you're you're telling me, Tom, you're watching a show that would give the ancient aliens guy, what's his name? Theo Papadopadabalabalabius. Uh, Georgios Thanalos, I think, yeah, or something so, like that. So you, the show you're watching is like backwards porn for him. His penis would go inside <laughs> of his body when watching the show. Yes, and then make a, get hard and become cavernous. Shrivel. <laughs> Cody, how about you? What did you did you see any aliens? Did you got abducted by an alien? Did he no, touch your no. pee-pee? No, no uh penis fondling by aliens this week at least. But uh the fucking fro is starting to get out there cuz like, you know, the coronavirus. I'm not, like I'm a lazy fuck. My neighbor's a barber. I'm just not going to see her cuz I'm asocial. But 
I, I feel like a fucking reverse Samson. You know what I mean? Like the hair goes out and my self-esteem drops and I'm just like, uh, oh, furball. you're growing weaker. Myself. You look great, Cody. Yeah, I'm, 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 uh, yeah, I'm getting weaker. Like the more my fro goes out and like, uh, well, the more your fro, it, the, the more your fro gro- grows out it also corresponds with the amount of time you haven't gone to a gym. <laughs> I mean, yeah, that's true. But like, I haven't had this fucking like fro since I was in high school. Thanks, Tom. When you were but, your weakest. I think you like great. When I, the last time I was in a gym, when it was mandatory and forced by public schooling. <laughs> yeah. But at the same time, it, I was, it started making me think about um, Samson and Delilah in the Bible. And I always wondered, like, did Delilah like also like sneak shave his pubes off while he was drunk sleeping? You know what I mean? She probably just bit him out. Yeah. Plucked them out one by one with their big teeth. No, because the Bible says it was shaved. His hair was all shaved off. So does that include the ass crack and taint and gooch and pubis? We can is, only is assume my so. question. We would have to assume rock. so because it doesn't say otherwise. Yeah, because it just it doesn't differentiate. It's just hair. So like, and I figured he would be at half strength if she forgot to like give him the Brazilian. Well, I'm just saying she was, was just going down there. She didn't like. She was just sick and tired of getting hit in the face with that fucking bottom fro. It was right in her nose. Oh, oh, yeah. oh no! And then weird. you know, shave it off. And shave Cody, it off. I think you, I think you should keep going. I think you should go to like the Spike Spiegel look from Cowboy Bebop. Get that shit. I'm, I'm getting there, man. Oh shit! <laughs> yeah, I'd be sick. Yeah, I'm getting there. Yeah, you'll just look like a what's that guy from Coheed and Cambria? The guy who looks like he has a suitcase <laughs> on his head. Yeah, his name's Coheed, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah Coheed Cambria's a dick. Yeah, oh, I'm uh, Coheed yeah. McCann. Oh my goodness, uh, Travis. I I guess you're gonna tell us how's your week. My week involves poopy doo doo. Oh. <laughs> Go on. So. Yeah, you know, like I, I mentioned a few episodes again, there's this lady around the block who yells at me for smoking cigarettes when I'm like not doing anything wrong. We have a little dog dumpster, you know, like where, when you walk your dog, you there's yeah. like bags there for you. I put you, my cigarettes put out in that all the time. In it. Yeah, and I put my cigarettes in there. Sometimes people are down there drinking on the bench and they put their beer cans in there. There's some bum that comes around. I use bum with a hard B. I don't, they're not. Oh my god! Yeah, they're not Travis. like homeless. How brave! Bum. Okay. Uh, he goes around and he digs through the poopy, the poopy doo doo, and he takes out all of the bags and leaves them next to the garbage, looking for. And I watched him do this. He's looking for cigarette butts and beer cans or something to like trade wow. in for money in the Scavenge. dog shit tank. Yeah, and I've seen him. Dig, he digs up the butts in the dog poop. And smokes them and walks away, oh my happy God. as a pig and shit. Yeah, well, Travis, good. if if you were on the fence about it before, there's your answer. Never give homeless people money. Yeah, they're just gonna. Yeah. That's Portland, right there. Shit. They're just gonna buy shit from each other. Well, uh-huh. I'm just saying, like, I don't care if you dig through the poopoo doo doo to grab my cigarette butt. Just put it back. He leaves all the poopy everywhere. Like, all right, I'm sorry, you're homeless, dude. But you don't have to be a jackass. It's probably crazy. I He's don't care. Better to do. <laughs> don't give crazy people money. They go and buy. Travis, this is probably this is probably the guy that broke into your car. Probably. Yeah, probably. He's been did with your his car duty smell hands. like shit, or did yeah, it smell like shit before hands. he got in there? 
It smelled pretty bad before. I mean, it was so it more of like him. a curdled milk kind of smell from all the lattes yeah, yeah, yeah. I drank. Right, right. Uh, but yeah, he probably put touched his Maybe poopy duty that. hands on my, you know, unintentionally put the shit on my handle. Ew. Oh, he shit handled you. Ew. Nice. Very yeah. good trick. Good, good trick. <laughs> so if you want extra flavor in those camels, put them in the poopy doo-doo zone. That's my week. I'm going to try that. Tom, you look disappointed. <laughs> no, that's just Next regular time I come Tom. A dog park, you know. I mean, to be fair, I'm usually disappointed in something. <laughs> it's not always you. Right now, I'm so, I'm not terribly yeah. disappointed. I'm just. <laughs> I don't know. Uh, well, Tom, uh, who is on the Chopmans? Put us out of our misery. Legendary table. Thank you for asking that question. He's trying. So tonight on Roast Mortem, it might explain some of my my this dark mood I'm in. This research oh. I've been doing. Uh, we're we're gonna do one Jim Morrison. Oh, okay. Oh, wait, wait, wait. Come on, baby, eat a sandwich. Try to make a sandwich. Pretty good, Jim Morrison of the Doors. Yeah, man. He's a okay. lizard person. Uh, well, well, you could be the judge of that, Michael. Yeah. Oh, we'll find out. Yes, sir. So he's got a third dimension in everything. For those of you who don't know, me. Okay, so uh, who even is Jim Morrison? He is one of rock music's most legendary icons. With the Doors, he changed music culture forever, recreating its Yay. intensity and blurring the line between poetry and rhythm like no one had done before. He embodied the sexuality and the violence that coursed through America's veins during the late 1960s. Wow. Was he Wait, the... which, which hmm? American vein, though, Tom? That's the question. <laughs> well, the main the, vein, you gotta drain. The, the main. Vein. Yeah, okay. The main yeah. vein. Okay. The one that we all sit on. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, was he the guru that the rejects of the flower power movement had been waiting for? Was he the incarnate of the beat generation's feeble attempts at accomplishing anything? Was his Made some cool songs? That's true. Thank you. Was his human brain deeply intertwined with the inner reptilian brain that rears its ugly head uh, in all of us? Really, when someone's taking too long in the bathroom or ate your leftover quesadilla that you'd been looking forward to? Yes, I hate that. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I hate that. And uh, wait, he was also called the Lizard Boy. So, are we talking about reptilians? Are we talking about a government takeover? Are we going back to your uh, files unlocked? Well, perhaps we are. And at the end of this, we might have to unlock a few files ourselves. But uh, yes, I am talking about the Lizard King, Mister Mojo Ryzen, Jim Morrison. Wow, I love Mojo Sauce. Can we cool. talk more about that? Well, except with my um. Inability to read out loud. Did you notice how well I wrote that? Tom. <laughs> Tom, I think you just got a job at Rolling Stone. I know a guy. Why not? Oh, congratulations. Yeah. <laughs> Thank you. Congratulations to me, indeed. All right, so let's jump on to this Mr. Mojo Ryzen. Let's see where he first rose out of. Before we go into him, I think a little bit of a roast mortem lore. <clears throat> we talked about him in what was it, Janis Joplin? He likes butt stuff, right? Yeah, and we're gonna wow. talk about that. 
Okay. That's, that's all I remember was that he likes butt stuff. He's mm-hmm. a butt man. Yep. Oh, there's Travis with uh, anal-related spoilers again. Oh, <laughs> I always spoil the anal re- regions. <laughs> I, ha- I, have anal rela- I have anal-related spoilers twice a day. <laughs> Liquid. It's just what the human body just does naturally, I guess. Liquid yes. and burns. All right. What about so? What talk about this liquid burning birth of a man? (laughs) So this uh, liquid rising. uh, James Douglas Morrison was born into a military family to father Admiral George Morrison and ordinary mother Clara Morrison. Oh wow! In Melbourne, Florida, December eighth, nineteen forty-three. Oh, Melbourne, Florida. That sounds like extra south uh, because it's Australian too. Yeah, that's where Outback was born, right? In Melbourne. (laughs) Yeah, Yeah. Florida. It's a genuine restaurant. Okay, don't talk shit about Outback. So his dad was an admiral. That's a that's pretty high status military boy. Oh yes, his dad. We'll cover it a little bit, but uh, he was way up there. Uh, Uh, He he knew the codes. He knew that there's the fluoride in the water is turning the frogs gay. All right. He know he knew what combination of. Uh, Ronald Reagan's fingernails you would have to clip to get him hard. <laughs> yeah, that's useful. I, I remember that puzzle in Resident Evil. Yes. So, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. so his dad spent a lot of time on ships. Uh, he barely saw Jim the first three years of his life. The military was this man's real wife. So a uh, small world here. Morrison was the commander of the U.S. Naval Forces in the Gulf of Tonkin during the Gulf of Tonkin incident in August 1964, which sparked the escalation of the American involvement in Vietnam. Oh, he did it. Yeah. So um, inside job, Morrison. Yeah. If you know anything about Morrison and how anti-war he was, you know, the um, unspoken soldier. Yeah. Well, uh, you have two, two sides of the coin there. I mean, you always rebel against your parents. I mean, there's yeah. always something, you know, right? Your dad likes you too, yeah. right, Tom? Yeah, well, every time my dad, <laughs> every time my dad starts a foreign conflict, I protest it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, I don't know. I'm trying to think about stuff that uh, my mom likes to make pies, fruit pies, hate pies. You pies hate are fruit disgusting. pie. You hate I like fruit. meat yeah. pies. No, you hate fruit. That's what it is. No, I like fruit. It's not really. I mean, they usually cut my teeth because I have ner- soft gums. Nerds um, are, is but not then a when, fruit. No, but then when you mush it in the uh, goop and put it in a pastry, that's just wrong. It's disgusting. Disgusting. Okay. So I'm rebelling against <laughs> my mother. Okay. How? So, how? What's what's the actionable rebellion here? What are you doing with a pie? A pie is to meant rebel. to be thrown at people in a hilarious manner in a '30s so, movie. That's about it. So, that's so all it's good for. Same thing with that's those. And doing. look, same thing with those seltzer things where you shake them up and you spray them in someone's face. Don't see those anymore because they're useless in society. Pies need to go out the way of the seltzer bottle. What's Tra- Travis? You're rude. <laughs> <laughs> you're fucking rude. Pies are delicious. Yeah. You never waste a pie by throwing it at someone, so you're wrong, Travis. Uh, might be right, but that's all right. We keep talking. Let me get back to the story. <laughs> never. No, all right. I don't back to, to the timeline. That, you know, Vietnam's later. Uh, when the Admiral came home to Clearwater, Florida to be with his family, he did what any good father did and moved them immediately. First to New yeah. Mexico. 
Ah. Ooh, radiation. Yeah, so while in New Mexico, at age four, Jim witnessed an accident that changed his life forever. The family was driving down a highway in the desert. Ah. And there had been a head-on collision between a car and a truck that had a bunch of Native Americans in the back. Holy shit. Sounds like a joke gone off the rails. Yeah. The result was bodies sprawled all over the highway, bloody and screaming. Cries breaking through the hot and dry air. The admiral pulled over to see if the police needed any help. Hey, I'm an admiral. Could I shovel these Native Americans off the road for you? Yeah. <laughs> the oh police The police were like, uh, this is a Scrape desert, sir. I know your forte's water, so get the fuck out of our state. Yeah, right? Yeah. Th- th- there was a plastic bag on the side of the road that shed a tear once it saw all the Native Americans <laughs> sprawled everywhere. <laughs> 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 so no, that was pretty bad. Leave it in. That was bad. Move it in. Move it in. <laughs> so, uh, so Jim, Jim's like they're pulled over and he couldn't stop staring. I mean, who wouldn't? Right. When the family left, he kept asking questions. He wouldn't stop talking about it. Dad, like, what was that about? What the hell was that shit? Um. So yeah, his dad. That's, that's the question. Decided to tell him it was all a dream. Oh. And Jim oh, knew. That's good. Yeah, so Jim knew that wasn't a dream, and he believed that that day, one or more of those dying Native American souls had entered his body. Oh, cool. Yeah. Not. Soul rape. Yeah. Well, yeah, pretty much. Yeah, well, Uh, you know what? Uh, If someone's going to enter my soul, they need consent. Yeah. I think that's an anime soul rape. Every time I go, every time I've been soul- in a church and a priest is like, cool powers. No. Though. And the priest is like, the Holy spirit, the soul is entering you. I'm like, no, I didn't say you you good consent. Consent. Travis. What the fuck? no consent. He's got Native American in him. He's got good music now. Cause of him. Yeah. He's got well, the good, drum and yeah, the moccasin. Music. Yeah. The, the good music. <laughs> the moccasin. Uh, let's be honest, Mike, the pan flute and the drum. Uh, okay. That's one note here. One note song. Yeah. So yeah. anyway, Jim's like obsessed with this idea. He thinks that he's now embodying uh, a Native American soul, if not more than that. And he also probably figured out that his dad was kind of a penis for telling him it was a dream. <sighs> it was obviously okay. not a dream. He hadn't been sleeping. That's really mean of his dad to do that. Here's a little message to all of our uh, father listeners. Uh, lie better to your kids. Yeah. I was going <laughs> to say public service announcement. Don't tell your kids uh, the horrible highway accident was a dream. Otherwise, yeah, we're right? gonna be we're gonna be up to our vast deference in uh, more Jim Morrison's, more Morrison's, yes. which we really don't need. If Never. You, you'll, you'll see why we don't need any more. Yeah, mm. I remember that's what my parents told me when Santa Claus entered my chimney, and they said, "Don't worry, Santa Claus isn't real." <laughs> I like how Travis <laughs> has a personal chimney. Yeah, it's a chimney, dude. It's exhaust. It's mine. Yeah. It doesn't that just come hurt. out as a log. It comes out as a spray, and that's all because of Santa Claus. And it wasn't a dream. He was there in his red suit, standing over me, ho-ho-hoing his way into my chimney. Chimney. Oh. Did, did your Santa Claus look like a raccoon? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, he kind of did. He was one of, the old school, one of the old school Santa Claus that didn't dress in red. He dressed in a face mask, and he was making... <laughs> All right, that's that, that. I believe that that's part good. of the story. Yeah. Um. Oh uh, yeah. So after this event, Jim started pissing his bed a lot. Really? Oh really? Yeah. His angry 
ordinary mother got tired of that shit and made him sleep in the piss as punishment. Damn. Oh. How old is he? He is four, going on five oh, at this sh- point. So I he, think he I mean, had... That's, that's normal. Well, he had been... Kid. He had been potty trained, and then after the accident, he reverted oh. back to peeing. But this could have also been a bout of undiagnosed rheumatic fever, causing mild heart and brain damage. Wow. Oh, so his brain got smooth and heart got firm. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> True. Heart. Yes, that's exactly what happened. So around this age, Jim claimed to have been molested. Uh-oh. Later mm, on, hmm. later on, one of... Jim's girlfriends went on record saying that his father had raped him as a dis- disciplinary action. Oh. Yeah. That's not cool. That's a curveball. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Jim's parents denied this until the day they died. Uh, I don't know what that was. Jim told a lot of lies. Uh, but he's a fucked up guy, so could go either way. All right. Okay. Maybe it was... Hey, you never know. Maybe it was the the... Spirits of the Native American soul telling him lies. That could have been his Chris. father. Could have been like, hey, the coyote told me. The coyote <laughs> told me about a story about a man and the cactus. Right. And the story went like this. <laughs> the family moved to Washington, D.C., where a chubby, charismatic Jim started attending school and making friends, only to be ripped Dang. away from his new friends by the Admiral to move back to New Mexico. Ah, oh, shit. Doesn't Garbage. That, doesn't that happen with military families all the time? I feel like they just move around Oh, yeah. Military yes. brats do have a hard time assimilating because they make friends, and then their friends are ripped away within months. So they... Uh, and then it's hard and repeat throughout the entire childhood. Right. It's not a very nice way to raise a kid. Don't have yeah. kids if you're in the military until you're done. Yeah, you selfish fucks. Yeah. <laughs> you uniformed veterans being <laughs> selfish reproducing who the fuck are you yeah right. Yeah, dare you <laughs> thank you for your service so he started getting in trouble at school uh standard kid shit nothing really to go crazy about back in new mexico he found solace in the desert and he also found his love for reptile inhabitants of the desert so really snakes and lizards he'd be be hanging out and be like oh shit i see a lizard that's cool Oh, wow. Can we pause for a second and talk about people that are into, like, reptiles? They're weird, right? Well, yeah, I'm scared of them, kind of. I mean, I think they're kind of They're cool, cool and all. I but... feel like they're kind of cool, but you get to a certain point where you become that reptile guy or the reptile girl and, like, yeah. the slippery slope. Oh, you mean, like, Harry Car- like King from I... Slayer, who is covered in tribal tattoo? Are you <laughs> saying that that guy is weird? It's a slippery slope. That's all I'm saying. I, I know where the tipping point to that slope is, Travis. It's when you buy feeder mice because you're offering your reptilian pet food that is closer to you than the pet is. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like genetically, a mouse is much closer to a human. So I feel like that's why I have an aversion to like reptile people. Well, it's just like, mm. like I had some reptiles when I was a kid. I fed them crickets. Crickets are nasty creatures. They get in your house. They got all over my room. Oh, yeah. I couldn't sleep because Ew. they got out of the fucking cage. Oh my god! When you're when you're spiritually connecting to lizards in the desert, like uh, Morrison's doing right now, kind of mm-hmm. weird. I'm just saying. He's in the natural habitat, though. You know. I think he just liked to stare off into space, and I think that he saw. Lizards doing that and was like, yeah. I can relate. I can do this better. <laughs> I mean, yeah. I can kind of relate to that too. Yeah, I stare off into space. 
especially when I was a kid. I didn't do anything. I could have been playing sports, but I just chose to stare at a tree. See, that's where we <laughs> that's where we're different, Tom, because I would relate more to a black bear digging through someone's garbage. Yes. Not a lizard. That's true. I always come back to digging through garbage with you. See the homeless person, a fucking raccoon. <sighs> Cody, we got to have hobbies here. You got to get some more hobbies. This is why you're like, I'm never out of my house. I have hobbies. I dig through That's garbage. That's because of the fucking virus. <laughs> yeah, nah, you were so never out of your house before. Yeah, right. That didn't change much. <laughs> I'm sorry I tried to lie. <laughs> it's all right. You're not as bad as Jim's dad. Anyway, in the eighth grade, the family moved to San Francisco, where Jim enjoyed the West Coast lifestyle. Sick. Mm. He'd skip school and go into the city to steal Mad Magazine and candy. Was a troublemaker. (laughs) Yeah, he was a he was a troublemaker. Nothing too crazy though. Uh, His interest in reading skyrocketed around this time too. For his entire life, this guy read all the time. All right. He was that. He was that guy. You know, he would steal money from. From roommates and shit to go buy books. I would be Some so irritated bag. if a roommate stole from me for that purpose. If he went out and got a fucking like iPad, I'd be like, ah, I'm irritated. But if he just asked me, if he went out and bought Little Women, I'd be fucking irate. I'd like, <laughs> I'd like flip the refrigerator over on him or something. I'm Cody. Yeah. I'm Cody. I'm sorry. I bought a, the whole collection of Goosebumps. Would you like to read some with me? I use your money. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but get a library card, fucking asshole. There you yeah. go, Mike. I like that. <laughs> nah, Jim didn't like the library card. He wasn't he wasn't into that move. So like I said, if guy wasn't drinking, he was reading. Uh All right. extremely well read. This guy clocked in an IQ of 149. That doesn't mean anything. Well, I know, but he was intelligent. Like this podcast is probably like a combined 160. I don't know. Well, we have Mike 69. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, 169. Roast yeah. Mortem podcast combined <laughs> IQ of 169. I like we should that. actually ne- do that. We should, 15. We should get a combined IQ test. Dude, that would be and flaunt that on the internet like yeah. it means something. Yeah. Well, I'm a genius, so. I think Ooh. we're higher than that, Cody. I think mm. we're probably at 420 or 666. We definitely surpassed so. 420. So. We're all over 110. Maybe not Mike, but I think we're at 420, dog. I don't know. <laughs> I'm at 420 constantly. <laughs> Just Mike. There you go. So anyway, uh, Jim here, he's into uh, philosophy and beat poetry. So that's like the worst thing you can do with your intelligence. So uh, was he reading some of the people you've roasted in the past? Absolutely. I was just about to say that. He was super, super into Jack Kerouac's On the Road. And he was also fascinated by all works of Nietzsche, uh, a man who cried because of a horse. (sighs) Um, Yeah, Nietzsche, we got to come back to him. He's a weirdo. Yeah, I'm writing that down. Yeah, he's a dumbass. Uh, So anyway, (laughs) uh, he was also really into the sprouting rock and roll scene, like Chuck Berry, things like that. And James Dean's Rebel Without a Cause. Because who doesn't like to look sexy? Who doesn't like to wear? drinking milk. See, I... I kind of pissed off because I wear t-shirts and jeans all the time and yeah. people say that I look like a child and like yeah, back I then hate that. and I back then it. it used to be sexy and cool now it's like you gotta go to Bonobo buy a fucking $150 dress shirt to look and Bonobo. have boots leather boots to look fucking adult no t-shirt no. jeans 
Don't listen to those people. Those Tra- people are assholes. Travis, I don't know if it's the clothing you wear, or rather the sticky uh, candy <laughs> residue that you're constantly licking off of your fingers in conversation that makes you look like a child. I kind of taste some dumplings. A little sure, bit of both. From a few yeah. days ago. Of course. Well, that's Travis neither here nor the there. Beard. He'd be like four. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, Jim grew more disconnected with his family. Uh, as I mentioned, they were kind of stupid. And they all thought he was kind of an asshole. His parents told um, they, they told him he was fucking up all the time. They're just like, look, man, you have two other siblings. They're cool. Why can't you be cool? And uh, his response to that was just bullying the shit out of his younger siblings, throwing rocks at his younger brother, Andy. He really didn't pull any punches. He was a vicious little kid. I love throwing rocks at Andy's. Yeah, right? <laughs> <laughs> it's a, it's it, not nice of him. Yeah, he's not a nice guy. Um, <laughs> like DMX, I'm well, not a nice well, person. Well spoken, everyone. Right, so he would find every opportunity to kind of act stupid and fucked up around his parents, just like yelling at the top of his lungs and shit. So eventually his parents started leaving him home for any event they went out to. It's part of being in the military, and when you travel in these military with military families is that you go to a lot of events, things like that, family things, functions, Mixers. Uh, yeah, mixers, shit like that. So they just started leaving him home at so, like age nine. They're like, this kid is like picking his nose and putting in another kid's hair and just like screaming at the top of his lungs uh, so, for yeah. no reason. So they just straight up like intentionally Kevin McAllistered him. Like they're on the plane and they're like, yeah. wait, are we forgetting something? No. <laughs> He's just there. Just like, <laughs> oh my God, I'm shooting fucking shitty candy out of my butt. Look at that lizard. Yeah, I'm Keep pretty change, sure. You filthy animal. <laughs> I'm pretty sure their relationship with him was like, oh, someone broke in the house and stole our child. Oh, thank God. That's like the <laughs> dreams they were having. <laughs> yeah, they're like, let's see if we can write off this missing child in our taxes or something like that. Yeah. And like, honestly, it goes both ways because he definitely went out of his way as a child to be disruptive. Like he was fully cognitive. He wasn't like he wasn't like autistic or had special needs or anything. He was a normal mm. guy who just fucking hated his parents. So. He's just yelling at the top of his lungs. I mean, once he even put his mom in a headlock in public. Oh, that's fucked up. That's pretty yeah, fucked up. Yeah, that's cool. Yeah. Uh, yeah, fucked up what they said. <laughs> my mom tried to steal Jeez. my wallet chain. She's such a fucking bitch because I have another chain. Oh, Take that, mom. Yeah. He's like giving his dad noogies. He really enjoyed his high school experience in San Francisco. Luckily, his parents dragged his ass to Virginia for 11th and 12th grade to be miserable. Oh, fun. <laughs> yeah, right? Yeah. Uh, he told his new classmates that he was an orphan. He also <laughs> he also began doing this prank regularly where he'd collapse in the stairwell and lay unresponsive for a few minutes. Then he would get oh. up and go around his business. No problem. Like, he would just make kids step over him and shit. So he usually received... Uh, detention for this little stunt, obviously. Okay. Just he, he's he's making trouble, all that shit. It turns out this may have not have been a prank, but rather an undiagnosed case of epilepsy. Oh, <laughs> oh I, I was gonna say narcolepsy, but yeah, that both of those. So make he's sense. such a little shit that he's just passing out, and they're like, "Oh, he's just being an asshole." Right? He was such a attention, such a troublemaker all the time that when he was passing out due to his epileptic fit, they were like. <laughs> You're such a dick. I can't <laughs> wait to give you a t- detention. Look at this poser. 
Right. So uh, his first girlfriend was a young girl named Tandy. He made her life a living hell. Mm. Uh, he would take her on dates and just yeah dr- go to D.C. with her and just ditch her in the city. Uh, she was like 12. So Oh, good. Oh, yeah. <laughs> well. Uh, his family moved out to uh, San Diego, and they decided that Jim needed to not be with them. So they sent Jim <laughs> down to Florida to live with his grandparents. Okay. Yeah. So now he has gradu- take him anymore. Yeah, now he has graduated high school and he is in Florida. And he overall, wait, 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 hold on, Tom, one second. Yeah, you said he was a ab- he abandoned that girl he was dating and she was twelve years old and he was in high school. Um, oh. he he was like fifteen or something. Oh, okay, okay, yeah, it's fine. Yeah, it's it's fine. still kind of weird. I don't know. She may have been thirteen. I don't know. Maybe I just she was she was eight. What would you say if Numbers. I said that? Like, still weird. <laughs> yeah. oh, throw a fruit roll up. I don't know. I I can't judge. Overall, I I'm not exactly going to going to bat for this guy. So <laughs> take whatever I say, <laughs> however you'd like it. Um. Uh, so he's down St. Petersburg Junior College, which is like a college that kids go to who forget to apply to college. I think I should have gone to one of those. Yeah. Um, oh, I went to one of those. Yeah. St. Petersburg College Junior College. Um. He wasn't a fan of the school, but he was a fan of going to this bar close by called the Contemporary that would show weird foreign and art films late at night. Sounds horrible. It, it, it allowed Jim to be infatuated with film, and he wanted to change his major to film. Oh, no. So, oh. Na- so now we have that guy on our hands. Oh, no. Good. That sounds like me going to the cinema arts in high school. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yep. That was you. I was like, I was like, all right, I can't hang out, guys. I got the Curacao Marathon, and every weekend, uh, I got to be a film. I love <laughs> Koyani Katsi. Well, um, he left St. Petersburg College and attended Florida State University to study film. Excuse me, he didn't study film there. He went there because it was a more liberal school, and he could party there. They did not offer a film major yet, as most schools didn't. This is in... So he studied film. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. He studied <laughs> <laughs> Well, you'll know why I made that clarification later, because right. it gets more filmy in a bit, which is terrible. Uh, oh, there he yes, moved into helps. a... He, mm, there he moved into a house with some friends and revealed himself to be the world's worst roommate. <laughs> oh, oh, oh um, I wow, this guy's a bad roommate? Good thought. Didn't see that coming. Well, it, it was extreme, extreme cases. Uh, he would just steal their food, their clothing, their money, their beer, no, their books, anything. Just stole it, and just a pile. Yeah, like I don't know. I'm man. They basically had to leave the fridge empty and hide their food. It's a freeloader. Oh man, it was one of those like where you could not risk even bringing something in the house you did not want stolen. And it Jim, wasn't just like, oh, my, oh, he might eat that fucking sandwich that I brought home. He's gonna eat that sandwich. And Jim's like, God. dude, it's not, it's not me. It's the spirit of the Diamondback. It resides in the desert, and I very and hungry. I will, I will pick up anything like a like watching out for the mongoose, the desert mongoose, and the rains. But it will eat us your sandwich. That's what I'm trying to get at. That's good poetry. What is he talking about? That's good poetry. I mean, he's a poet. You know, that future poet. Yeah. Um, so uh, Jim's only real food was he would just buy potatoes and boil them when he was hungry. Uh, <laughs> other than that, he'd just steal food. Um, and it's not like he was broke. His parents were sending him money because oh. 
he had that Admiral Pape check coming in, you know, and Poppy was like, oh, I got to take care of my young son that I hate on paper. <laughs> Wait, did he have siblings? Did I miss that part? Yeah, he had siblings. Oh, yeah. He, 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 younger he, he was the he oldest. Right. Yeah, he was the oldest of three. He had a, a sister and a brother, okay. and I don't think they liked him all that much. Let's see. Uh, yeah, he'd, he'd take all the family money and just spend it on booze and books. That was his thing. So he had been a stinking. He had been super stinking drunk the day before, uh, and leading up to the homecoming dance down at F- FSU, causing all kinds of trouble around town. Uh, he was actually arrested at one point. Uh, I, I think it was. I'm forgetting the order of this, but anyway, uh, he went back to the house to get ready to the dance because you can't miss the dance. It doesn't matter how drunk you are. No, never. And he puts on his suit and he puts on his necktie and he starts tying his neck tie into a, a bunch of knots like just knot it up for some reason New i style. don't know uh like we're not talking about windsor here he's just talking like a square knot he's just tying the <laughs> knot over and over again and it's for no reason Uh-oh. and to be fair i will say uh jim morrison is the kind of guy who hates reasons um very little method to this madness his roommate's date was in the living room ready to go when jim came Uh-oh. out the date jokingly said nice knots <laughs> at the side of the necktie. Uh-huh. Now, clip on. Right. He's a comedian. So Jim said uh, something to the effect of, my nuts? You like my nuts? And then proceeded to make wild physical advances, grabbing ass and all that shit, uh, oh, no. like crazy. Uh, so I guess now would be a, a time, if you're into this, you can cancel Jim Morrison. Um, <laughs> yep. <laughs> his roommate saw this this was happening he was basically about to rape this girl and they just threw him through the glass door <laughs> and he packed up his books cool. and moved into a trailer behind the girl's dormitory the next day and he spent <laughs> a lot of time looking through a telescope for that semester oh really wow he's a creep hey, Jim. class a yeah what the yeah. fuck i didn't know <laughs> that you know of course he didn't that was very mike you got to read all the books for that one oh, i, I would have yeah. i i tripped over jim morrison's book collection to find that information out <laughs> yeah um tom is in the footnotes so wait is he just a drunk at this point or is he starting to use other we're in the 60s right yeah, we're getting in. The, we're in the sixties now. I think this is like sixty-one. I guess. Okay. Yeah. Is he using uh, other drugs, or is he just like a fucking raging raper drug? Uh, <laughs> he, he's a drunk. He's like um. He's he's more Kerouac style. He's also young. I think he's like eighteen. Okay. Um. Uh, like I said, Jim did get arrested while F- FSU. He got drunk and rowdy at a football game and stole someone's umbrella. Uh, the event wasn't <laughs> even that okay. crazy, and he. Had the charges dropped. No big deal. Yeah. Who all right. doesn't steal an umbrella? We've all stolen yeah, an umbrella right. before. Once or twice. Yeah. I've done a yeah, lot worse true. than steal an umbrella. So <laughs> I shan't cast you, stones. You steal an umbrella and do a line of coke off of it? Um, Allegedly. Maybe. <laughs> <laughs> right. So. Hmm. I wrote a sentence that doesn't make any sense. It was so awesome. artistic. Read it. I love when that happens. Just, just read he it. He was <laughs> here. This is the sentence unedited. He was going. He was over. Oh, no, it does kind of make sense. He was over going to that school. So he hitchhiked across America with a buddy to visit his parents. I don't know why I was reading that wrong. I am yeah, dyslexic, by the way. 
perfectly grammatically sound sentence. Yeah, it sounds. I know. Yeah, it sounded Pretty. fun. I told you guys, I am dyslexic. It is so All hard right. for me to do this. I have to operate Keep on drinking. ten. It's why I'm a champion. I drink so much Gatorade to get through these scripts. Well, see, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm also a little dyslexic, especially when it comes to numbers. You probably notice that because I always say the wrong dates. But I feel like the more I drink, the more unjumbled the letters get. You know what All I mean? Right. It's like well, backwards, oh. like calibrating. Right, like as uh, your editor, I would have to say that that's wrong. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks, Tom, for making me sound intelligent. <laughs> You're welcome. Anyway, uh, like I said, I'll go back into the sentence as it has to do with the story. He was over going to that school, so he hitchhiked across America with a buddy to visit his parents. He wanted to experience his own on the road uh, situation, just oh as Jack Kerouac had done. So cool. Mm. Um, not really much happened. I think they he got beat up by a redneck at some point, but not much to report. So cool. What, mm. When he showed up to his parents' house, his mother wouldn't let him in the house unless he uh, went and got a haircut first. <laughs> he then told them he wanted okay. to go to UCLA to study film, and they laughed him out of the room. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's oh, a good man. parental response. Exactly. Yeah. As as becoming a film major in the 1960s was entirely for goofballs. Unlike today, where becoming a film major is for pretentious goofballs. Y yeah. Well. All right. <laughs> so, as someone that you know went to film school, right? You know, like yeah, uh -huh. you're a pretentious goofball. I'm a not? pretentious goofball. Yes. I feel like it almost make, almost makes more sense to go back, go to UCLA back in you know 1962. Than it does nowadays, because like nowadays, oh, you're yeah. just gonna get some jerk off professor that's gonna be like, "You ever hear about Martin Scorsese? He's great. He's got no. good films." Like, yeah, dude, whereas yeah. back in the day, there was like a an entry. You know what I mean? You had to buy film. You had to like go yeah. through the studio process. Now it's like I don't know. You just just do you do, do, do TikTok now. videos. There you go. Yeah, you're great, Travis. Honestly, man, at no point in history should anyone have ever gone to school for film. <laughs> I, I like film. I think people should make film. Should they major in film? Absolutely not. Yeah. They should just watch some. Where do they go? Figure Where do they go then? Dude, I don't know. I, I What should the major I, be if not film? Just I get, media in general? I get. Well, let's put it this way. I get paid to make music for jingles and television shit like that. I can go to school for that. You don't need to. You just need to work on it. Like It's so a what, hobby. Like a guild? Or a train. Yeah, well, it's, I, it, it's like a hobby. If you get good at a hobby, then you try to make money doing it. If you don't, if you're not good at it, then you can't make money. That's it. Well, don't try to justify it by going to school. You're going to be incredibly disappointed. Well, all right, Tom. I mm. think the whole point of film school, though, is that you'll have to give at least forty-two percent less blowjobs to get into the industry if you go well, to film school. That. No, 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 no. They get you accustomed to the blowjobs. <laughs> The blowjobs are ready. You you know they you, you like they tell you that you need to give blowjobs. If you don't do it, then they're like a pinata. Well, at least you're good at it. When you take your first crack at making a film, all of a sudden you get all these producers exploding in your face. So it's like executive producer flatio 101. So that's right. the thing. Is film school gets you ready for the shitty industry that is the film industry. Okay, fair enough. Um I believe that or else for you're gonna every be, are, yeah, or else you're going to be like, what is it, Robert Rodriguez, who had to cut his skin off and probably give blowjobs to make his movies. I, really? I would rather cut my skin off for the, the, the medical money than go to school for it. I'd much rather do that. What the fuck do I need skin for? But I need my time. 
I need to respect my time. Yeah. Time is money. All right. So he he wants to go to film school. Right, right. Sorry for getting all preachy, but man. (laughs) No. Like. Yeah, what the fuck? Also, after doing this research, (laughs) after doing this research shit, I realized how useless a UCLA film degree was at the time. There was like, mm-hmm. you know who came out of that? Francis Ford Coppola from this time period. That's it. He's all right. Wait, didn't there were hundred? There are thousands Lucas- of kids enrolling to do this, and there's one director. Didn't Lucas also go to UCLA? Sorry. I don't know. I mean, that that fucking football probably went <laughs> up his own ass to go to school. I, I have no fucking idea. <laughs> it doesn't matter. The point is, if you want to make film, you make film. With his tail between his legs, he hitchhiked back to Florida State for one more semester. And then in 1964, he secretly enrolled in UCLA, and all was right in Jim's world. He was now surrounded by hippies and weirdos. Cool. Oh, that's right? Yeah. Oh, far out, man. You said you're a Native American lizard. So is my cousin. (laughs) Small circles. I like this. (laughs) Now, by friend accounts, Jim didn't really want to be in any school at all, but he wanted to go for something he liked, A. B, he wanted to stay enrolled so he could avoid the draft. And vagina. <laughs> C. Yes. Right? That is a huge he's like, reason. He, he's perving on the fucking school, the women's dorms, right? Right. Yeah. Staying out of uh, staying out of the draft and getting vagina. Noble causes. Mm. Yeah. It's better than cutting your big toe off or your dick. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Right. So these classes were where Jim met future Doors keyboard player Ray Manzarek. Mm. Ray was an older student who already had a degree, and uh, he was just uh, the older guy who wore a suit. I like uh, the keyboard player. Good, some good keyboard player. He's underrated. Yeah. Uh, he's you know the the Doors got a good one, I guess. Uh, yeah. He was drawn to Jim's strangeness upon meeting him. Ray Ooh. Ray was a classically trained jazz-informed piano player who was playing in a bar band with his brothers called Rick and the Ravens. Ray Rick wanted to... F- Rick and Morty and the Ravens, yes. Oh, very sick. funny. <laughs> Extremely he like, funny. He was like, guess what? Like, I got a piano pickle. It's made out of pickles. <laughs> Funniest shit I ever saw. He, that is a very funny show if you don't know how to read at all. <laughs> and I only know how to read some, so I don't like it. Um, I can't read at all, so I love it. Yeah, Tom, though, I've seen so many YouTubers say how if you don't like Rick and Morty, you're not intelligent. This is the most intelligent show oh, they're that has that existed now. since the beginning of The Doors. When the f- guy wrote <laughs> that is the most intelligent line of piano you can play. Therefore, Pickle Rick is funny. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, I can't argue that yeah. <laughs> at all. <laughs> that's that's how it is. <laughs> what you say is exactly I'm how it is. I'm sorry I speak truth. Right. So anyway, Ray wanted to utilize Jim's charisma somehow. He just didn't know how. He's trying to figure it out, you know? Uh-huh. Jim was not very good with the whole film thing. He mm. was terrible at it. He proved himself technically worthless by not being able to edit or use a camera or even know what lights were. What? Yeah, he went through this whole program and somehow graduated. He only made one film, and it's um, 
it was terrible. The 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 staff actually threw it out. Wow. Really? <laughs> yeah. It was um wow, it, that was harsh. The faculty agreed it was the worst student film to come out of UCLA to date. <laughs> And the film was throw out, thrown out. There's no traces of it whatsoever. Uh, he Holy didn't shit. use a script. By a bunch of lizards. It was his final. It was the only one he did. He was a useless filmmaker. He he, um, he just sucked. Why do you need lights, bro? There's the sun. It's like a free light. Why waste energy, bro? Yeah, right. <laughs> free light. And, and of course, there are people <laughs> in the book I read, which is, I actually forgot the name of the book. I forgot to write in the script, but it's something about Jim Morrison. Uh, <laughs> good well i'm pulling it up right now all right uh yeah where all of his friends were like well i remember sitting in that class seeing the film and it was very amazing <laughs> and people didn't get it and part of me is just like you're an idiot you're friends with jim morrison um yeah. uh jim morrison life death legend by uh stephen davis it's a pretty good book but honestly a lot of it is just like recounting of shows and what went wrong and what went right uh, mm. um so maybe i could have read a 50 page version of that book <laughs> instead of a 350 page ba- version of that anyway travis what are you eating a, a peep um yeah i'm eating a little peep well that's good i mean i mean ice cream what the <laughs> fuck is going on right now should we do food reviews no, I mean, I already did. But I mean, you, already, you already did that. Yeah, we're we're good. We're, we're good for at least two years from that, Travis. <laughs> All right. This is also the time period when Jim was introduced to LSD by a pal named Felix Venable. Felix, yeah. was a much older and uh, I, I no, he wasn't even a student. I don't think he wasn't. A, he was just much older, and he was a part-time homeless man. Oh. Would sleep under the boardwalk. Uh, nice. Uh, okay. LSD and heavy boozing was Felix's game, and Jim loved Felix's game. Uh, I think, you know, people say like dreams. What's your dream house? Under the boardwalk. Under the boardwalk. Where the yeah. child clowns chill. Under the boardwalk. I want to eat some bologna. Under the boardwalk. Boardwalk. <laughs> yeah. So uh, yeah, yeah, Jim Jim adopted <laughs> this hobo lifestyle because it was very artsy, and he had also been reading all this poetry and writing his own poetry. No. So now he's just that guy. He's rarely sober, uh, usually starting his day with a cup of gin. Ah, uh, just a cup of gin, not even mm-hmm. like an Irish coffee or anything like that. Just no, just that Christmas gin. tree in a cup. Mm, wow. Damn. It's, it's something a That's little rough. bit dire about having a cup of gin, not a glass of gin. <laughs> You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah. yeah. Just a little bit more dire. It's just like, what do you want? Give me a cup of gin. Yeah. I'm picturing oh, one of those prison cups, right? That you rattle on the cages. Just a big old. Yeah, the little tin <laughs> cup. A little sippy cup. <laughs> sippy cup of gin, please. Sippy That's cups are smart. I mean, I don't know why they just market sippy cups towards children. Sippy cups uh-huh. should be marketed towards adults. Yeah, and bars. You so relabel them sip cups. <laughs> you can't get roofied if you're sipping from a sippy cup. Yeah, yeah. You can't spill uh, a, a bloody mary all over your penis when you're drinking a sippy cup. <laughs> I mean, you can. It'll just take fucking forever, Travis. It'll be a slow drizzle. Yeah, yeah. So on uh, Jim's <laughs> drunken benders, he'd go out on loud racist rants on the Venice Beach boardwalk. I mean. Mm. That's how you cap that off. Well, yeah. He always had a bit of a southern racist streak in him. 
and it would definitely come out during a lot of his heavy drinking binges. Um, that he did for his entire life. Um, okay. Loved what a dirt doing bag. that. Uh, spoilers, Tom. Yeah. This is also another 27 Club, right? Yes. Yeah. All right. Oh, well, look at that. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks, yep. Travis. Uh, during this hazy time of Jim's life, just after graduating UCLA, he told his buddy, Ray Manzarek, that he was going to go live in New York, where uh, the film standards were extra, extra low. Uh, <laughs> perfect for Jim's participation. Oh. Uh, mostly in due to a part to uh, sticky flypaper mannequin artist extraordinaire Andy Warhol. Oh. oh. We know about him. Yeah. Yeah, this is a networking episode. He was good at mm-hmm. films. No, he wasn't. No, he was real bad. <laughs> I just hate the term good at films. Yeah, that's a bad one. Uh, I, so, yeah. yeah, I mean, Andy Warhol had that one sleep, which is like he filmed his friend sleeping for eight hours and then presented it as a film. People need to see these uh, things, really? Tom. Yeah. People need to see these things. He would have made so I much mean, revenue if he was living in the age of YouTube. Oh, definitely. No. (laughs) You just vlog himself. He'd be an influencer. Yeah. That's true. Yeah. So uh, Ray was saddened by this news and gave up all hope of ever working with his strange poet friend, Jim Morrison. Oh, wait. I got to hang out with the crabs under the boardwalk now again. Oh, Oh, no. (laughs) They bite me in the sleep. That sounds like fun, though. <laughs> Crabs don't bite, Travis. No, these ones do. They don't you even use their the claws. Sand. They bite. <laughs> You've never tried to sleep next to crabs. They bite you. They give little love nibbles. <laughs> I love you. Uh, Get your toe out of my mouth. Or vice versa. Uh, but Jim did never go to New York. Instead, he decided to go full-on homeless, where the homeless thrive most, which is Venice Beach, California. Good career choice. Yes, absolutely. Mike, I know you've been looking into that career for a while. <laughs> oh, yeah. Mike it's got a lot of options. Mike, very hard. Mike, come to Portland. There's very lucrative real estate next to the freeway here. Oh, yeah? I got the perfect box for that. <laughs> well, fucking Hawaii. No winters. Uh, the food pretty much comes out of the ocean and falls out of the trees. Think about that, Mike. I'm, I'm come come go, over I'm here. About to go Hawaii. What the fuck? <laughs> come over here. Live on the beach with a little tent. Cody and I, homeless real estate agents. <laughs> That's a good reality show. With nothing to gain, you have nothing yeah. to lose. Fifteen percent of zero is hey. zero. So anyway, uh, he gave up his apartment that his parents paid for, and lived on the roof of another apartment building that his buddy uh, was the super of. Roof living, all right. Yeah, he barely ate, uh, bathed in the ocean, used a telescope to be a peeping Tom, took LSD almost daily, and wrote down his ideas. Some of them would become door songs later on. So, but also, he, here's that? the thing. He's homeless by choice, right? Because his parents can still <laughs> give him money. Yeah. Yeah. Right? He's not just yeah. like, he's not just like, I can't afford to live somewhere. He's like, I just want to be cool kid yeah he probably had in the back of his mind he had something to fall back on so it's like not as hard maybe that's what a He's, lot of the um 60s kids are guilty yeah. of you He's know being like, an oh, urban free love and all that shit and it's just like well 
your parents could just pay the equivalent of $50 today to make sure that you're not homeless. Yeah. You could adopt today. In today's standard, you could adopt like a penguin or like a polar bear for the same price that you could support (laughs) a child in their like early 20s. Yeah, that's true. You could Um, fucking sell children back in the day. Yeah. So now walking down the boardwalk of Venice Beach, shoeless and tripping, he would recreate himself. He was no longer the pudgy, awkward film student, but he had become the sexy, anorexic lizard boy that fronted one of the best-known bands of all time. Ah, the transformation is complete. Yep. Crazy journey. Now, when he was in college, he liked to eat a lot. Um, So when I said he stole food, he stole a lot of food. Uh, he was a fat boy. Really? He was fat? Yeah, it took him like six months or, I mean, uh, four months of just not eating anything but gin yeah, and acid to become that yeah. sex icon. Uh, 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 I need to get on that weight loss program. Jim Morrison oh, yeah. weight loss. Yeah. He's counting the points on each tab of acid. Like, oh, that was zero. <laughs> this is zero points. Oh, look at that. I've had zero points all day. That's some fast results. Four months. Hey, yeah, but acid is not keto because uh, they usually put it on sugar cubes. So you fucked up. Well, I don't want to get a Bowflex. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Mike, don't get a Bowflex. See what happens. Not sponsored by All Bowflex. Right. One day while <laughs> meditating on the beach, Ray Manzarek is surprised to see his pal Jim, who is in fact not in New York, but on the beach. Being oh, a hobo. Weird. Didn't tell his friend? No, he just told his friend, Ray, he was like, I'm going to go live in New York and then decide to live on a building. <laughs> <laughs> and meditate on beaches. Yeah. Oh, no, I'm talking about Ray is is meditating. Oh, Ray's, okay. Ray, the three other guys in the doors, they love meditating. It's very annoying. Oh. Um, the two got to talking, and Jim told Ray that he had been writing songs. Uh-huh. <gasps> so after some prodding... Ray's like, hey, why don't you sing me a song? Because it's 1966, <laughs> and that's shit that men do to each other. Yeah, that's you, the way you said that was like sexually like implicative or something. Like, how about you sing me a yeah, song? Yeah, and then then Jim's yeah. like, bop, 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 one, two, three, four, five, everybody. <laughs> yes, oh, that's man. it. That's what he did. So uh, he Genius. sang Ray. A song that will later become known as Moonlight Drive. Oh. Jim already had an idea for the name, uh, to name the band The Doors in his head for a musical project. It was taken from the title of an Aldous Huxley book, The Doors of Perception, itself a reference to a quote by William Blake. Wow. Great. great. Derivative. So, uh, yeah, Ray invited Jim to live on his house. Uh, excuse me, not his house, at his apartment that his girlfriend was paying for, uh, mostly to keep an eye on him because he was basically a crazy homeless man. <laughs> like, this is going to work out great. You, you should come home with me. So, you don't yeah, have a phone. He could sing, though. What's that? He could sing, though. Could I he? guess somewhat. I don't know. It's cool songs, I guess. Yeah, he, he could sing and he Who could knows, write words. Maybe yeah, he's still crazy. Good contribution, Mike. Thank Riders you. At <laughs> so the verse. <laughs> so the Doors' first incarnation had uh, raised two brothers, Rick and Jim, 
in on drums and guitar. The band practice at UCLA's Music Room. After a short time of dealing with Jim Morrison's questionable behavior, uh, uh, like frequent acid trips and nonstop mumbling and complete lack of eye contact, Ray's brothers left the band. Mm. The smart, the smart Doors members quit the Doors immediately. Yeah. yeah, they shut that door. Oh no! Oh! Well, we're done here. Roastmortem.com slash Patreon. Is that how that goes? No. Something like that. Um, Ray then recruited John Densmore, a fellow meditation classmate. Uh, John never liked Jim, but he was a good drummer. And honestly, no one really enjoyed working with Jim. Uh, He was a conceited asshole and a total wild card, kind of like if Charlie wasn't funny. Uh, Charlie who? Charlie Day. Day from It's Always Sunny. Oh, just like a, a show uh, that used rats. to be very funny. Hanging out with rats. Yeah, that yeah imagine if that wasn't funny one? at all and just very sick. Oh, that'd be weird. Imagine, yeah. if, oh, got imagine if Rick and Morty mm-hmm. wasn't called Rick and Morty. It was called Rick and Jim. Oh, no. And it would be more Never. funny. Dude, good point. Uh, Jim truly was a hazard to work with. He was never sober enough to get anything done. And John, even though he didn't like him, he did help him out a lot too. John was always there when Jim needed him because he saw the talent. Um, he didn't like being around him, but I mean, he's, he's in a walking embarrassment is what I'm getting at. So John's like, all right, I'll still hang out and assist in any way I can. So pretty on in their relationship. Uh, John was actually on his way to pick up Jim from one of his ladies friend's house. And, uh, John walked in on him on Jim trying to rape this girl at knife point. Stop it. Oh, and uh, Jim just dropped really? the act as soon as John saw it, and then pretty much from there on out, John kept an arm's distance and an eye on him at all times. This wasn't uh, con- well. It should be an arm's distance plus a knife blade. You know yeah. what I mean? <laughs> yeah. And the Boy Scouts, we called it the uh, what was it the kill zone or the the bl- blood zone? <laughs> yeah. yeah. You tell me, tell me more about the blood. You, zone you take the. Or whatever the hell you're using, and you spin around in circles. And if anyone's in that area, <laughs> without warning, <laughs> yeah, without, warning. without warning, if anyone's in that area, well, then uh, you're dead. I'm just protecting <laughs> myself. <laughs> Safety first. <laughs> uh, yeah. So they also were there re- any more accounts of uh, him like doing this? Like, was this like a constant thing he would always do? Was, he like, try and like rape people. He was um he was pretty terrible. I mean, I think I have a couple more of these written down. But yeah, in short, like I'm not going to go into any detail in like a lot of these because there's so many of them. One thing one thing I realized about Jim Morrison is that the stuff I'm describing is just like a setup, and then use your imagination <laughs> because it's just nonstop account of him being terrible to women, terrible to men, terrible to to black people. Like that's what he was. I mean, all right. I don't want. I'm not trying to defend this scumbag, but uh, I mean, what did this guy know if that was consensual? Because like knife play is a thing. That's true. No, no dude. He walked into the room with this girl screaming. And Jim uh, grabbing at like the buttons on her blouse uh, from behind her, uh, and John's like, "What? How's it going?" <laughs> and and Jim's like, "Oh, I didn't know you were coming in." And then Jim went like, "I think Jim went like running after him, like, oh, John, it was just like a game or something." Uh, uh, what's the game? What's the name of the game? It's called Knife Rape. 
Good game. Ages yeah. four and up. It's a terrible game. No, Jim Morrison's bad. Man. I've never landed on that He's... space when I play the game of life. You've been, yeah. <laughs> you've been knife raped, and your car flips over, and you're in the hills. A turn. You're in the hills of some desert, and people come out, and they're like, "I'm gonna knife rape you." That's when you spin that little <laughs> dial too hard, and it comes off the track okay. and goes upside All down. Right. I get it. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So they also recruited guitarist Bobby Krieger. Uh, I said Bobby. It's Robbie. Excuse me, everyone. Wow, wow. It, Bobby, <laughs> hate to besmirch. Hate to besmirch. Uh, Robbie was versed in flamenco guitar and slide guitar, and he helped shit's bring cool. a sound to the Doors that was the the unique touch that they needed to bring it yeah. all together. That shit's it's, cool. It's very Hollywood. Um, so they played around for a while and start getting these songs, and eventually they they do a gig at some fucking dive bar. And back then, the music industry was very interesting, where they would just hand out. Uh, le- record labels would just hand out deals that really didn't mean anything. It was more of like, hey, we're going to give you a very, very small budget and you're going to have six months to put together a demo for us and then you have to repitch it to our producers. Uh, so what? So oh, basically they, they got a six month deal with Columbia and that's the idea. They were supposed to press a demo and then pitch it internally to their to the producers there to see if they'll, any of the producers would work. So it's like shotgun venture capitalism. Yes. It's like, I don't know, we'll just give a whole bunch of... It's basically kind of like what Netflix does with their TV shows. Yeah, when they greenlight like, everything. Well, greenlight everything, and then they get like a, a good show, and they're like, see, we did it right. Right, and they cancel, <laughs> they cancel every other show they greenlit <laughs> yeah, that for. Yeah. yeah. Uh-huh, but it's the yeah. same idea. Um... So to reduce the cost of the contract, Columbia actually gave the band all new gear from a new company they had acquired, which is Vox. Hmm. Um, if any of you instrument playing people know, Vox is a uh, guitar amp company, and they also made keyboards and um, you know Ro- Rhodes keyboards, things like that. So that actually Unique gave forks. the Doors their unique, like uh, sonic quality, like the fuzziness that they had, and and those keyboards that they used. That it was very particular, and it has to do with that contract. Right, like, had they not signed that sound. contract, they would sound like a very different. They sound like It's like that perfect storm, I guess. You know, yeah. Um, they well they cut a demo, and I think. Shut up, Travis. Just let him go. Shut the. No, I was actually playing some Doors, and my younger sister Emily, she was just like. Is this a Smash Mouth song? <laughs> the, you tainted sec- her, Travis. It's the second song on the song on the album The Doors, the first one they put out. Uh, oh, Breakdown Through? No, no. Breakdown Through is the first song. And then I'm forgetting the name of the second one. But that one sounds like a Smash Mouth. So I think there there was a little fuckery with going in Light the future and stealing the perfectly good riffs well, from Smash Mouth. I'm House. just yeah, I'm just saying that like you know, there's like the We invented the wheel. Originally, right, and the wheel yes. was made out of stone, and you know it didn't really work Probably. too well, right? You know it's stone. Uh, and Henry Ford comes along, he's like, "Guess what? We got a rubber fucking rubber wheel." That's a big jump. Yeah, we got this rubber right wheel, there. and guess what? It's the best sound ever. Smash, Smash mouth. mouth. <laughs> right, yeah. it's good logic. I follow. Yeah, it. I yeah the yeah. doors are a stone wheel, <laughs> and Smash Mouth is a rubber wheel. 
It's one thing to just that? not a tire, a rubber wheel. <laughs> yeah, it's one yeah. thing to be a plagiarist. Evolution. It's one thing to be a plagiarist, but then it's an entirely new low to be a Smash Mouth plagiarist. Yeah, you know what I mean. Yeah, I know the doors are fucked. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, right. What a bunch of fucking scumbags. Okay, good. Right. So anyway, uh, the doors leave their contract with uh, Columbia before the contract's even up. I, I don't know what happened. There was some, I, I forget. It was in the book, but who cares? The Doors got a residency gig at a crummy local bar called the London Fog on the Sensa uh. Strip down the street from LA's hottest rock club, Whiskey A Go-Go. Whiskey spelt without the E to get around some decency laws of the time. Also the birthplace oh. of the Go-Go Dancer. Oh, thank wow, okay. you, Whiskey really? Go-Go. Yeah, yeah it's a great club. I've always wanted to go down there. It was still there? Never been. It might not be after COVID, but um, oh. <laughs> yeah, a lot, a lot of cool bands play there today. They're still like pretty at their heart, like rock and roll. Really? And still, they, they're all still open. That's cool. They bring all kinds of uh, you know real music, like death metal and grindcore. There, oh. you can see good, not good like, stuff. It not exists. like CBGBs. You guys are stupid. Go away. Yeah, they they stopped. Yeah, doing they went it. away. So anyway, the Doors took their time in the London fog. Uh, honing in their sound and getting their jams together and getting the crowd work on. And uh, even though their first gig was the only one with a real turnout, they would play two sets a night and basically became the doors here. You know, they worked out the songs in a studio and then made them a live performance thing. Um, okay. One of the promoters of the whiskey, Ronnie Herring, uh, had the hots for Jim. Oh, and uh, Ronnie is a oh. uh, female Ronnie. Okay. <laughs> okay. So, uh, yeah. hey all day. So she was like, oh, I got the hots for this Jim and his nerd band. Um, so besides, so I mean, I'm, well, I just want to put it out there because, like, we're talking the doors now. We're talking the real band, right? And, of course, we all know they have the Smash Mouth piano going. The Rhodes. Right. Did Jim always sing his songs without a shirt on? Because I feel like his nipples were the other instrument. Well, that's nipples a great are a question. mammalian thing. He's a lizard. Yeah, right. He shouldn't even have nipples. They're tattooed nipples. <laughs> oh, okay. <laughs> um, I I mean, he went through variations of of stage garb. He was really into the leather pants and vinyl pants thing. Mm, I um, mean, who wasn't? No, he actually kind of started that look. Oh, okay. Oh, really? Yeah. There was a couple there was like a scene out in on the east coast that had started adopting that look through like that when a andy warhol people like people in his films mm -hmm. there was a couple people in the background of those films wearing this like kind of get up but none of them were famous right he was yeah, like the first rock star people. to be the leather pant boy yeah and he was like take me down to the uh. paradise city where the girls all get in the bathroom that's different band, Travis. No, it's the same band, yeah. dude. It's like Travis knows the first 16 words to every song, but no more. You're being They're really right generous words, with Travis. 16. I just don't want to serenade you with the whole song. You know what I'm just saying? Like, I'm a karaoke star. All right. All right, guys. Well, I'm doing a lot of talking this episode, so I need to keep it up. I'm going to keep talking. Here we go. So now, Ronnie is dating Jim for a little bit. Yay. She's into the music, so there was an opening at the uh, the big old whiskey. 
So she's like, Nani's well, let's vagina. get you assholes in there. Also, you know that song, you know that door song, the whiskey bar, that yeah. one? Oh, show me the way the to the next. That's like a, that was on their first album, and that's actually about playing the whiskey because the London Fog was terrible. Oh, really? I thought you were going to say, like yeah. Cody mentioned, Ronnie's Vagina. Show me the way to the next. <laughs> the opening. Whiskey bar. Oh, don't ask why. Is that a penis by your thigh? Is that is that a penis inside of your vagina that only emerges when you're sexually aroused? <laughs> Gross. So anyway, they become a house band at the whiskey, making five hundred dollars a week. Wow! Whoa! Two sets a night. Sick. Back then, that's fucking yeah, that's money. still pretty much money. I don't know. We live in a slave society. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Uh, during this time, a Max Fink became the Doors' lawyer. And got them in with Electro Records. Also, Max Fink helped out Jim all the fucking time in the future because he gets in a lot of trouble. What? Why would you ever trust a lawyer whose name is Maximum Fink? <laughs> yeah, like that's true. Pull the handbrake really quickly. There must have been more than one fucking resume in that applications pile file, and they're just like, let's go not with uh, Mister Dastardly. Let's go with Max Fink. <laughs> Dude, maximum your fink. You know, get get fink fink you're out the no, law. If you want a good lawyer, you just look for the most Jewish name you can find. Steenberg. Max Steenberg Fink is definitely Jewish. Yeah, definitely. There you go. Yeah, I like Travis's yeah. school of thought. So the whiskey gigs were going well, and LA was starting to buzz about this new band and their beat poet Dionysus frontman, sweating on everyone, screaming and howling. Ooh crooning to people Ooh. he had this great vocal range although he wasn't always in key there was a character to his voice that made him very interesting uh okay but these gigs at the whiskey did not last long as jim's metaphorical um oedipus complex started to kick oh. in oh we're talking he's a motherfucker mike what's an what, what's an oedipus complex mike i'm gonna guess his ego what yeah his ego goes that? into what it's in, it was infl- it was inflated his it was inflated when do you want to fuck uh, your mom yeah. when do you want to have sex oh. with your mom mike what the fuck <laughs> that's that totally not what i was thinking yeah Isn't that called like Sig- siegfried and freud or some <laughs> shit like that <laughs> <Siegfried>. <laughs> <laughs> oh no 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 it's like freud right freud <laughs> sigmund, sigmund freud, freud. <laughs> sigmund freud <laughs> It's okay, Mike. I've said I have actually said that exact thing before. God. Mike <laughs> oh, is just the shit. bull in the logic shop that is. <laughs> it's con- he scrambled me. He's, He's convex. <laughs> He's convex in the bull shop. Yeah. Sorry. Anyway, I'll no. I'll explain how this applies, Mike. I it could be a little, a little confusing. So it's a metaphorical Oedipal, uh, Oedipus com- yeah. complex in which he views um, the father as the the man. You know, to be in simple hippie Alpha. terms, it is the authority. It is school yeah. structures, all that shit. And the mother is like nature and human intuition. Okay, he's okay. a guy. So when he was, yeah. when he was living on that roof, right? He's living on that roof. When he's like down and out, he's like, "I'm gonna open up this bubble bee can of tuna fish because it came from mother, the ocean." <laughs> <laughs> kind of, yeah. So uh, he can be found mumbling to himself 
when he was out drinking with friends, he would just start mumbling and, and like staring into the corner and, and just saying over and over again, kill the father, uh, k- kill the father, kill the father, fuck the mother, kill the father, fuck the mother, over oh, and over ooh. again. Really? That's creeps. Yeah. It's fucking creepy. Yeah. So one yeah. night during their second set at the whiskey, uh, he missed the first one, by the way, because he was tripping on, tripping on acid. Uh, the mm. band had the entire club in a trance playing their their tune, um, This Is The End, or excuse me, uh, their tune, The End, which is a droning Eastern influence song. It's a pretty good song. Yeah. I like it. And to be fair, I like yeah, I like it, too. I like this door Let me give music, you an audio rendition. This is the end. 16. My only friend. The end. It's pretty yeah, good. Pretty much well there. done. That was terrible, Travis. Don't, shut up, asshole. <laughs> I'm the best singer on the show. Yeah, uh, I'll give you that one. Dude, yeah, have you ever you seen the it. show um, Double Dare? That's me. Yeah, That's yeah. me when you find the flag in the nose. <laughs> All right. <laughs> yeah. So they're playing their song the end and jim decided to improvise the lyrics to the grand ending of this song as it crescendos and told the story of oedipus rex at the crescendo repeating the um fuck the father i mean (laughs) well that's different kill the father fuck the mother over and over again and the club owner was like you can't say that i could use my (laughs) lose my whole club if they find out that i got a guy screaming about fucking his mother on stage (laughs) so (laughs) Then they were fired from the whiskey, and uh, oh. the rest of the doors continued. Game over, man. Blew Game out. over. Is there like a video of this at all? No, or this no, is. Um, yeah. I mean, Mike, is that time where they were? It's rare to have a video camera around, you know. Like, yeah. Like a big thing. Yes. Yeah, and this is a house. They were a house band at this time, meaning that they played ten times a week. Oh, uh, okay. It's like they took mom, off man. Monday and Tuesday, and then every other day they were on. Tw- for two sets, yeah. So no one's wow. going out of their way to film that shit. <laughs> a lot. So now producer Paul Rothschilds enters the picture as they sign up with Electra. Mm. You see, they get a they get a record contract with the folks over at Electra, and Electra pair them up with basically the fifth member member of the Doors, which is this producer. Producer, wow! I'm coming <laughs> back in. I'm ah, it's Electra. Uh, yeah, Electra. Uh, later, I believe they were bought out by Warner Brothers and all this shit. So anyway, uh, Paul Rothschild comes into the picture and and becomes their producer and is the fifth member. Uh, the Doors produced their first album together. Mm-hmm. They managed yeah, to record yeah. their debut album in a week, as they wow. had been practicing the songs in front of a live audience nightly for months now. Mm. So like a real band. Cool. Yeah. Uh, they went in. They did a great job. A week for back then and the way people did all the recording. That was very good. Yeah. Uh, Jim was pretty mm. cooperative throughout most of the process, although his temper did shorten over time. One day towards the end of recording, Jim noticed one of the engineers watching the Dodgers on a little tube TV hiding in the corner of the control room. <laughs> Remember those boys? <laughs> I'd be yeah. outside barbecuing so my he, papa, and he'd be like, I'm watching a Mets game. Shut up. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks, papa. Uh, I guess he hadn't seen the TV before, but um, 
Upon seeing it now, he flew into a fit of rage and threw the set at the control room window. Wow. Never. Now, the window didn't break because it's basically bulletproof glass that's like an inch and a half thick, but the TV lay smashed on the floor. And uh, stupid Jim Morrison's dug, no TVs in (laughs) studio ever. (laughs) Oh, that's nice. You just broke my expensive machine that you can find at a thrift store now. For like a dollar. Uh, (laughs) 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 Yeah, back then that was like, you know, half of a producer's salary for the week, you know? He's like, oh, man, all I want to do is watch the Rogers while these guys are smoke cigarettes and yell about mothers and having sex with them. <laughs> I want to punch Jim in his face. Like, fuck you, dude. Yeah. Good I mean, he, suck. he did get hit a few times in his career. Um, basically, d- Jim was just like a, a, uh, a 1960s Danzig. Ah. Um, <laughs> oh, mother- yeah. I love Danzig, but he's such a dick. So after the band finally, after many takes, recorded their uh, very sensual, moving version of the end, yeah, that, that is the closer of the Doors' first album. The they they nailed it. It took a while, and uh, actually, the last take they used, they had to turn off all the lights, and Jim had like a candle in front of him. It was really like it was kind of lame, <laughs> um, <laughs> but you know, it's just like it's the only way I could perform in dark and whatever. Sounds so like some Jim, film school shit. <laughs> exactly. So Jim's like this in the end. And he nails it. <laughs> and afterwards, for some reason, they close up the studio. So he breaks back into the studio to spray a chemical fire extinguisher all over the instrument room. Oh, that's smart. Okay. The and the people at Electra yeah. who are renting Sunset Studios are like, why would you do that? You finished your job. They're like, this isn't even a fit of rage thing. Like, you went back (laughs) after you were done. That was a layup to Riders on the Storm. He was trying to set the scene. It's like, it's going to be snowing when the Riders are on the Storm. We need to spray the fires. Oh, oh, maybe. Help me. (laughs) Hold on. Now, uh, Jim had also begun dating a terrible, terrible woman a few months before recording. Her name is uh, Pam Corson, and she is basically the same person as Jim when it comes to rage and erratic behavior. Uh, um, uh-oh. Their, their only difference between the two of them was one had a penis and one had a vagina, and the other one was okay. talented and uh, somewhat talented, and uh, she was not. <laughs> she was. I feel like this is, she probably didn't have the she penis was a leech. I feel like we're building a trend here, because didn't this happen with Stephen Ray Vaughn? They had oh yeah, two methods. With Leonard, his girlfriend Leonard. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> maybe uh, that's like maybe that's something this podcast can do. We can just start dating meth heads, and we'll get more famous. Mike, get on that. Yeah, get get Got some it. meth head groupies. Yeah, find them on the South Shore. <laughs> South Shore yeah. meth heads. Look under the dock. Go to Mastic. Yeah. I'll find them. Yeah. So, uh, like your future meth head wife, Mike, <laughs> uh, they put each other yeah. through hell, and they deserved each other. <laughs> Uh, they would publicly embarrass one another for the rest of their lives, dating on and off. Pam, ha- Pam had absolutely no problem belittling Jim anywhere they'd go. She'd wind up and just punch him in the fucking face over <laughs> dumb shit. Oh, man. Just imagine like sitting down in a Waffle House and this shit unfolds like two booths over and you're just like, trying not to see that as you're like <laughs> getting down your black, black coffee. 
Right. Like, it was the kind of thing. They'd be at that Waffle House, and they'd both be hung over after mm. a two-day bender. Yeah. And she's she'd be, like, talking like some crazy woman, like, I can't decide whether I'm going to get orange juice in a big size or a small size. And Jim's got his head on the on the fucking table going, what the fuck are you talking about? And she would just hit him. <laughs> <laughs> uh, they threw <laughs> knives and plates at each other. They beat the shit out cool. of each other. It was a Sounds fucking Sounds like mess. a juggalo marriage. True love right there. Sounds like they got married at <laughs> yeah, the right. gathering. <laughs> yeah. Um, but anyway, Jim did stay with Pam in her place in Laurel Canyon consistently. Where's Laurel? Where's I mean, Laurel hey. Canyon? Is that somewhere in L.A.? Um, it's yeah, it's one of these places that in L.A. was settled by initially some loggers and stuff, and then when Hollywood became a place, um, a lot of celebrities moved there. Oh. So it was the celebrities of the 30s and 40s who lived there, and now like they weren't there anymore. Oh, so it was like so was Beverly cheap. Hills, uh, uh, like two, like 1.0. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Uh, so, beta. so beta version beta <laughs> beta uh Wait, a major point talking, of where, contention are you telling be- me that jim morrison's a beta getting beat up in the waffle house he was he was a frisky beta <laughs> frisky beta yeah he was he was definitely a frisky beta um there you go a major point of contention between the two was jim's preference for anal sex mm. giving Ooh. or receiving um, well, he, he liked it exclusively to, to give anal sex. That was okay. his thing. Uh, Pam was tiny and a lot of tiny women don't like anal sex. Uh, Weird, right? She was like 90 pounds soaking wet. So, um, <laughs> I don't know. I'm not going to judge, but also if you don't want to get fucked in your ass, I think you have the right to say that. Yeah. I mean, you could also just men that don't want to fuck you in the ass. There's plenty of men that don't want to do that. Too. Like, and if you're a tiny woman, well, if you're a, a tiny star. woman and you don't want the tip of his penis to stick out of your throat when he's fucking you, he's that's a rock disgusting. Star. That's a that's a terrible thing. Um, Exit only, man. But, but you have to understand these people trip together. They belong to each other. It was destiny. They love. Except each for that, other. he wanted to fuck uh-huh. her in no the anal. ass all the time. But <laughs> yeah. yeah, you can't be a soulmate <laughs> if you don't want the anal, and you, your significant other does. Sometimes it's not worth it. You can find another soul. Uh, One time they were fighting over some anal stuff, and um, I guess they they were throwing shit at each other, and they both passed out. When Jim came to the next morning, uh, Pam had cut up all of his clothes and wrote uh, the the F word, which is faggot, in permanent marker on the back of his favorite vest and left the apartment. Ah. Now, wow. This is, uh, she, uh, yeah. That's not cool. No, it's not cool at all. Um, what is he going to do for clothes? Um, Pam. <laughs> wear, the, wear the faggot vest. Duh. I'd wear, yeah, I'd, I'd wear, wear the, the vest. vest. I'd be I'd like, fuck yeah. I'd, I'd rock it. I'd be like, it's already a vest. So Just what? write something fucking... else over it. Then you can't read yeah. it. It's fine. I'm a fag- um, I, Jim would. Hello, woman. I'm a faggot for your asshole. I'm already wearing the vest. Oh, my God. Guys, come on. We, <laughs> we can't get demonetized <laughs> as a podcast. Well, that's true. Uh, um, look. <laughs> We, all jokes aside, um, never. But he did play both sides, and I, right. I and I think that um, Pam went after him a lot for that. 
Oh, I thought she said that because he was just like, I just want to stick my dick in your butt. Well, that is true, but he did, like I said, play both sides. So it was uh, one of those uh, things that was an ever-evolving reason why she would use that word at him, being so very different hate, times. It was hateful. Yeah. She would try, like a smelly weenie. She, she would successfully get under <laughs> his mic. skin. And in fact, she gave such lip to him and, and just put him in his place yeah. so many times that when they got in fights and he felt like he came out on the bottom end of it, he would go out to a club, find some poor unsuspecting girl, go home with her, and then beat the shit out of her. What the hell? Oh, great. That's not good. He just take his rage out on some random fucking chick. Yeah. He's like, You're in the you're in the doors. I love you. Let me suck your penis. And he's just Here's like, my fist. I'm gonna beat yeah. the shit out of you. Mm-hmm. Why beat the shit out of them? That is so like why not just know, like right? bang another chick? Well, he would, and then he would get violent. And remember oh, what okay, I said okay. at the beginning. Doing, of, right. Remember well, he's what I yeah, trying to rape them. You got to remember what I said. Um, I don't know about twenty five minutes ago in the podcast or so that uh, the very little rhyme or reason to this guy. Yeah, that's very yeah. true. Yeah, he's a lizard. Right. They don't think about anything besides crickets. <laughs> well, I think you just got crickets. Yeah, he's like the lizard with like the nougaty center of Native American ghost. So don't forget about yeah. that either. Forgot about that. Yeah. So anyway, uh, Jim and Pam stayed together. And uh, Pam called herself Mrs. Morrison, even though they never were married. Ooh, that's pretentious. Um, and Jim gave her access to all of his money. Don't. Which oh, she spent smart. very freely. And she probably realistically spent more of his money than he did in his lifetime. Um, wow. She, Yeah, she's, she's a woman. So... Um. <laughs> <laughs> oh. Anyway, Electra put out their first album, January fourth, nineteen sixty-seven. They also rented a billboard to advertise the album on the Sunset Strip. This was the first time a record company did this. Yeah. Wow. Mm-hmm. The album. Yeah, and then then you turn to you know uh, Pure Moods, and they're coming out with commercials. Right. <laughs> that was the first album to have commercials, I'm assuming. I'm assuming so as well. I think that's a good right. assumption. So the album didn't sell that great immediately, but about a month or two after it being out, Rothschild made a radio edit of Break On Through, which he knocks uh, he knocked out the keyboard solo and the guitar solo, making the song about three minutes, and the shit went flying off the shelves like crazy after huh. that. Really? Cool. What yours is? 67. Okay. Two away. Mm, getting close. Wow. Uh, Ross Trial, like I said, he was close to the doors. And um, when he did those edits and stuff, initially they were like, uh, no, we don't want to compromise our music. And then he was just like, but if I do this, you can make money. And they were like, oh, well, maybe would you just do it then. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> That's smart. I nice. don't know. Yeah. I'm not knocking him for that. Yeah, uh, he so he actually got pretty close with Ray and Jim, and they hung out for for a while. They're bros, dude. Um, he actually invited them over to his house for Thanksgiving one year. That's uh, generous of him. Very generous. Uh, what else was generous was that uh, while at Thanksgiving, Jim got hammered and started hitting on Rothschild's wife quite a bit. Oh, that's not good. In front of everyone, very loudly. So, oh. <laughs> So Rothschild uh, hurried along the whole turkey eating ceremony, and then uh, they they put, <laughs> they put Jim quick. in the car. Uh, so Ray Ray and Paul are in the car. Jim's in the back seat, and he starts. Uh, they're they're like, we'll we'll get Ray, we'll get uh, Jim back to the hotel. We'll uh, call this an early night. 
So Jim's in the back pulling up both of their hair. Um, both of them were kind of being sports about it. Like, all right, well, we'll just let them pull our hair because even betas got betas. And uh, they took Jim back to the hotel, and he did one of his many, many human fly acts. Wow. Now, his human fly act was just wherever he was, whatever hotel, if it had a window ledge, he would go out on it and try to dangle himself. Uh, Great. Free fall, you know. Really? Yeah, he tried to Great ninja American warrior that shit. Time. While he, oh, yeah. I thought you were gonna, I thought you were gonna say like he would throw up on like an Entenmann's cake and eat it. Both. I'm of sure that. he did that. Yeah, <laughs> I'm sure he did that. <laughs> so he did that for about an hour, standing on the ledge of this, uh, you know, the um, the window outside and hanging from it, just reciting poetry. And then when he got back in, he put a lampshade on his on his head and pissed all over the carpet. Fell asleep. Classic. Been there, done that, got the t-shirt, got the wet t-shirt. This was very normal for Jim Morrison. This happened all the time. Job. Yeah, this was um like two, three times a week that this would happen. He's hanging out the window like that? Yeah. The fucking building? He di- So, disclaimer right now. There are no big stories with Jim Morrison. There's no Keith Moon moments where he killed his bodyguard. There is none of that shit. He is right. just a goof all the time. One of those so, simmers. Yeah. Um, Sounds very smooth. Yeah. And another thing is, is that he, he never liked the idea of having a home. So he wasn't homeless, but he would always stay in hotels. He's just, he's got a hoe boner. Yeah. I mean, we've yeah. talked about this before on the show. It's like back when you could just live in hotels. Yeah. Which you can do now if you're a rock star that, uh, if you're Bono. Yeah, and if you're Bono, you can live in, like, a Hotel 6 and (laughs) just make it by. Wow, it's under an 8. Yeah, but hotels used to be cheap because they are just a room. And now, like, I don't know, now they're quadruple the price they should be. So Well, it's like too many people were just living in hotels. Just live in a motel. Yeah, but motels are now four times the price because everyone's Airbnb'd up. And they got free Wi-Fi. And that's how they get yeah. you. They build it into the cost. <laughs> you know those little nice. sketchy ones? They got the bugs and stuff to keep you up at night? The bed bugs? Yeah. yeah <laughs> the ones well. that import bugs? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Fuck. Imported <laughs> bugs. Oh, I gotta go here. HBO <laughs> and imported bugs. I think the sleaziest motel I was ever in was in Buffalo, New York. It was right on the border. And, uh... Yeah, that was one of those places where I went there. I was traveling with my buddy from England. Oh, yeah. And I went up to the like desk, and they're like, how many hours do you want? Oh. Like, nah, I just want to <laughs> sleep here. <laughs> what, how long do like, you sleep? I how how much meth do you do? <laughs> she thought you were going to fuck your friend from London. Or yeah, and, and I thought, I, and I was like, I felt dirtier coming out of the shower than when I went in. <laughs> oh, it's got that gravy. Nice. Yeah. Well, at least I didn't uh, have to worry about slipping. That was a big thing. Like I'm always afraid of slipping in a bathtub and cracking my head. It was just sticky. There yeah. was sticky, sticky tape. Everywhere. Oh, thank God. That's good. Yeah. So, well, I always wear shoes in those places in the shower. Into the shower? Yeah, you gotta wear yeah. shoes, man. You gotta wear Doc Martens in there. <laughs> at least in those places, you never know. You might step on, like a needle or some shit. <laughs> they, they don't even. <laughs> they don't check the carpets for years. Anyway. Let's get back. So Jim Morrison's living in hotels and stuff, even though the doors are picking up success. Um, Light My Fire is all over the radio. The End is even getting gameplay. 
on on radio, which is crazy because it's a seven minute song. Um, they're blowing up pretty quick. They're not huge though. They're not Chumbawamba big. So oh. are they bigger than <laughs> are they bigger? <laughs> are they bigger than uh, Robert Plant and the Led Zept? Well, Led Zeppelin's oh, peak oh. was like three years later because Zeppelin oh, two okay. came out in seventy, I think. And I will mention oh, them right. later um, because there's a little penis envy happening between Jim Morrison and Robert Plante. Always penis envy. <laughs> yeah. So on uh, September 17th, 1967, the Doors were invited to perform on the Ed Sullivan Show. They had been doing enough touring. They began enough publicity. And the Ed Sullivan Show, big thing. I mean, that's when the that's what introduced the America, the American public to the Beatles, for Christ's yeah. sake. This was yeah, a big deal. Yeah, it was deal. almost as big as, for people our age, almost as big as Ryan Seacrest. You think right. we can get on the yeah. Ed Sullivan Show? Modern day? I, I would hope that we could, yeah. Um, so anyway, what happened there is that the band shows up. They're like, okay, we're going to dress around. We're going to get naked or not really get naked, but Jim's got a naked thing about him. He's he's one-upping Elvis. Yeah. You know, I like that sexy. sequence. He's, Let's dress up and get naked. He had just he had just done that famous photo shoot where you know I'm sure every college dorm has a few of these where his arms are all spread out. Oh, by the way, he he definitely had uh, anal sex with the woman who took that photo. I forgot to write it down, um, but she did but lube herself. Uh, she did lube herself up with butter. That was very fun. Ooh, <laughs> yeah. don't know I read I that. about that. Well, it was oh, it was, on, it, it was anal. Remember, he he was an anal hound. He needed like anal. Buttery. Just butter in the toast. Butter in, butter in those buns. <laughs> there you go. Butter them buns. Baby girl, butter them buns. So anyway, he's a sex icon now. and um, Because of muddy butter? Yes, because of muddy butter. <laughs> Took those photos, excellent photos of um, a naked Jim Morrison. Yo, have you ever have you heard of the, like, welcome back to my apartment, my dorm? You ever heard of this guy? He's, <laughs> he's oh, yeah. cool. He's got he has his shirt off. And then this dude over here, uh, he has a place called Cuba. <laughs> you ever heard about that country? He like started it. And then he was like, Guess what? You don't have to pay rent in my country. That hey. Scarface poster you're talking about? Yeah, yeah <laughs> over good, here. Good Mike. Over, <laughs> over here we got um this is an actual villain from history that was a mobster in Florida. <laughs> Hey guys, I just Tommy. wrote. I, I just wrote a joke. You want to hear it? It's very bad. Um, what Tommy. Van Morrison song is Jim Morrison's favorite? Brown eyed girl. Yes, sir. Oh, there you go. Oh, brown eyed hole. Soft brown eye. All right. So anyway, they're at the Edge Sullivan show and they're getting all makeuped up and they're hanging out and they're doing their thing. And the producer comes back and he's just like, "Hey guys, very excited for you to play your hit song, Light My Fire. Mm. Uh, it's going to be great. We're really into yeah. it." One cool. thing you gotta not say the words, um, "girl." We're gonna get much higher. It's not good oh. for television. We're gonna get a fine. So Jim Morrison's like, "Oh fuck, are you gay?" And <laughs> <laughs> he like that, into a Japanese sushi man. <laughs> yes. Uh, so Ray's like, "No, no, it's cool, man. He's just an artist, so he'll he won't say that. It's fine." And then they went out, and of course, Jim Morrison's like, "Go, wiggle, <laughs> and Ed Sullivan's like, ah, fuck, and god damn it, why'd you have to say that part? And they get kicked off the stage, and they, uh, you know, the, Ed Sullivan was going to bring him on for six or seven more shows, didn't happen. Oh, they, they got kicked it. off of CBS yeah. forever. 
Well, that was like when Justin Timberlake was like, ah, guess what? It's the football season. We're going to play a show with <laughs> uh, with Michael Jackson's sister. Yeah, that's Show nice. me your tits. <laughs> Just that was great. Tit. That Just was great. <laughs> yeah. He, he yeah, did it on dude, purpose. Yeah. You could I see the ramen in his hair told him to do it. <laughs> <laughs> yep. <laughs> right. So on December nineteen, uh, December ninth. Oh, December ninth. I'm getting drunk now, guys. This is bad. I, I still have more reading to do. December ninth, nineteen sixty-seven, at a venue in New Haven, Connecticut. The band was getting ready to go on, and Jim was messing around with some backstage Betty in the shower area. Oh, when a police officer oh. who was hired to protect the doors came in and was like, "You motherfuckers can't be here," and Jim's like, "Yeah, I could be here." Fuck you talking about? I was like, you can't be here. So they argued for a bit, and eventually, the officer maced Jim Morrison, the very guy Ooh. he was hired to protect. <laughs> was his dick inside of a butthole at that moment? No, apparently they were just I've, kissing. That that's that's oh, what everyone okay. says. Um, right. I'm sure they were well, going. They were, they were gonna get to it. Wait, but was his was his penis kissing her rectum? That's my question. Uh, it was probably close. Oh, okay. All right. Cool. Um, I just want to see someone get maced during anal sex. That's like always. That's a dream would of mine. You continue. A bucket list. Yeah, would thanks. you continue? Would yes, you I will, Cody. Soldier on. <laughs> I yeah. will continue. You I would try. I, I would continue talking because I don't. <laughs> I thought you were talking to me, Cody. I, I mean, were, what can you really I, do? No, the, the macing. The, the, are you going to continue reaming the broad after you get maced? And keep in you mind. Probably, no. Keep in mind. That shit's spicy, and there's more than uh, eyes and mouth aren't the only orifice exposed to the air. Cody, no, okay, dude, let's I, do it. Continue. Of course I couldn't. Dude, I can't even maintain a boner if someone texts me. Like, I get bothered <laughs> I know, so right? easily. Oh, man, I text <laughs> you so often now. <laughs> I'd be, like, crying or something if I got maced. I'd be like, fuck, my eyes or some shit. Dude, well, that's probably, why yeah. bees. That's why he said he... Jim Morrison's all like, "I am blind." Uh, wait, do we like the, do we like the um, deaf Jim Morrison or the Japanese one? Or am I going Japanese. With? Oh, I'm blind. I am barely blind. <laughs> so he's running down the hallway. The manager, uh, Jim Morrison's manager, is just like, "You just mace the talent." <laughs> Fuck's wrong with you, dude. Fuck's wrong with you. So he chewed that guy a new piss hole, and the officer oh. apologized profusely, and the rest of the band was just like. Wait, yo, we like, you know, don't like establishments like this. So you're mm. saying if he's famous, you're not going to mace him. But since he's a regular somebody, you're going to mace him? Not cool. Uh, so they're pissed okay. off at the police. So okay, they take the apology in the dressing room. But then they go out and play. Dude, that guy was just trying to afford Arby's for the night, man. He was just trying to get his half pound of roast beef with cheese on it. He's getting paid hourly. He he could do job. less work. He could do. He could be like, all right, you guys should finish up in there, and, <laughs> yeah, and then none of this would happen. If it goes too smoothly, you can get yourself some overtime by like macing him and then delaying the apology. Right, right. That's yeah. a good point. All right. So, anyways, um, doors hit the stage. Jim is now uh, he could see because it's about a half hour. Takes some time. He's like, oh baby. So he's out there on the stage dancing along, and as soon as uh, I, I forget um. What song? It was either Five to One or Backdoor Man. Um, they start jamming out a little bit. And Jim's like, 
Well, let me tell you a story about what happened to me. 10,000 people. Oh. <laughs> and they're like, yo, yo. And the police are up there <laughs> hanging out. Like, oh my God, I can't wait. I uh, hope he doesn't tell that story. <laughs> <laughs> I like how it's a story at this point, not something that just happened on the way to the forum. <laughs> yeah. Like, I, I feel I, like I, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to need like two hours and 45 minutes before it's regarded as a story to retell. I, I also yep. feel like at every department of a police station on the cork board, it says, I hope they didn't, they don't tell that story. Yeah. Internal memo. <laughs> Yeah, I hope they right? forgot about that. Like, <laughs> oh god, I hope they don't talk about that one. <laughs> but anyway, so so he tells the story. He's just like, I was just hanging out with this. I was just hanging out there with it. I can't do that. <laughs> I was her. just hanging out backstage with this little Betty, kissing her on her lips and mouth, making her feel good. And all of a sudden, Officer Dickhold comes in here, <laughs> spraying with spray, spraying me down with mace. And there's cops on the stage now. So he starts stealing their hats while he's telling the story. Oh, really? no. Uh-huh. So then the, they start the song up again because they're like, oh, we got to distract them with loud noise. But it didn't work. And the cops just came and arrested Jim. And the, the show was over. And then they arrested a bunch of the people riding outside because the doors liked to incite riots. Oh, that's not so, good. That's cool. Uh-huh. Uh, wow. In total, Jim was arrested 11 times. Most of them didn't that mean anything. Night? Uh, no, 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 not, not that night. No, he no. He's a good lawyer. Yeah. Max yeah. Fink is a good lawyer. Yeah, Max Fink is a good lawyer. Uh, most of these arrests didn't really amount to anything. A lot of them were just public drunkenness and bullshit like that. Um, November 9th, 1969. A few years later, we'll talk about a, uh, uh, a fun one. Phoenix, Arizona. Morrison was booked... Uh, into a city jail for drunkenly molesting some stewardess and interfering with the flight crew and attendance on a Continental Dude. Airlines flight. What the fuck? Uh, really? That's, that's a big one. Yeah. Uh, Jim and his friend Tom Baker, who was one of Andy Warhol's go-to uh, like heroin acting addicts. Jim is still famous, and he is doing his thing, and he's still... A lot of times when he's getting drunk, just screaming the N-word. Oh. I mean, he even has that's not to... cool, Jim. Come on. No, it's not cool at all. In fact, um, he was... I, I don't even think he knew what the word meant after a while because he actually was at the whiskey one night because even though he was fired, he would still go there and check the other bands out. He got hammered and Bo Diddley was playing. <laughs> that's a real person? <laughs> yeah, yeah, you really? know Bo Diddley? No. No. Wait, hold on a second. Is that a porn star? You, that's just a porn star. No, he's, he's an American. Like, no, he's a, he's a black, like blues, uh, rock and roll kind of guy. Kinda, Is he black or blue? Well, he's bl- let's put it this way. He's black, and Jim thought it would be hilarious if he went up on stage and um, sang with him and then started calling all the other people in the place that weren't black the N-word. Really? Oh. Yeah. All the wow. young people. That's not funny. It's role reversal. Well, it's dick. kind of funny because uh, it's, you know, you're laughing at Jim. We're not laughing at what he's saying. You know, it's like, ah, ha, 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 ha. <laughs> uh, he's an idiot. <laughs> yeah, this is really terrible. Um, by this point, too, um, in 1968, he wanted to leave the doors and be a poet. Ah, little Ginsburg Great. boy. Good. Uh, he, um, he was a big fan of Ginsburg. And actually, he started looking a little bit more like Ginsburg. Uh, started pudging up again. Did oh. they meet? 
Oh, they probably met once or twice. Um, tips. He liked his words and shit, but um, Jim claimed to his bandmates that he was having a nervous breakdown, which he probably was, but everyone just shrugged it off. Like, you know, he's just using these words because he knows words, but he doesn't always <laughs> know what they mean. Uh, case in point, yeah. the whole Bo Diddley scene. <laughs> Got it. I know. Yeah, it'll words. be fine. Yeah, it's true. Um, so the doors. While Jim wasn't around, I think he was in uh, he was in um, Tangiers for a while, traveling Europe. Although the Doors rarely played overseas because something I'll get into in a bit. Mm. The Doors had licensed Light My Fire to Buick for a run of commercials while Jim... Oh, Jim was in London. I should have just read. Uh, Jim was in London looking for his shitty girlfriend wife, Pam, <laughs> who had run away to have sex with a man who had heroin. Uh, oh, okay. nice. All right, yeah, makes sense. When uh, he came back from London and mm. had a band meeting with the boys, he found out about the uh, the licensing and he flipped out because they they had cheapened his artwork. Fuck it. Um, and from then on out, he never felt like he could trust any of the guys in the band again. Um, just they they trade him. Point, dude. If you have a popular band, sell it to everyone. Like, I don't know, sell all your songs. Tell yeah, I feel like the Rolling out, Stones, you know what I mean? I feel like the Rolling Stones probably had the same attitude where they're like, we don't want to sell our shit. And now you turn on the TV, it's like every other commercial is like a Rolling Stones song. Well, they're like, to, we don't care. To this day, you probably haven't heard a Doors song on a commercial because this was the last time it happened. Really? Mm. Yeah. Historic moment of history. Yeah. Well, no, that's not true. What do you mean? It was in the uh, Tony Hawk's Underground video game trailer on TV. Doesn't matter. I was like, I heard that the the break on through the other side song was the. Uh, yeah, but they didn't. They did okay. So they probably got that <laughs> licensing deal because they gave it to a compilation. You understand? Oh, sorry. I think it was it was Underground or Underground too. I can't remember. Okay, so okay. maybe you did hear it, but it was sold as a licensing agreement as a compilation thing. Like yeah. it. Their music has been it wasn't a soundtrack. The song. It I think just, it was just the uh, intro. What's that? It was just the intro, I think, of one of the songs. Exactly. It wasn't a commercial. You know what I mean? No, you mean it wasn't them, like them actually in the shebang. Yeah. Every well, time I do well, what I'm saying is that they've licensed on the storm. They've licensed it out to movies. They've never had a problem yeah. doing that. It, like other forms of art has been fine, but not commercial. Uh, okay. Mm. Right. So the reason they had done that is because Jim had seriously skyrocketed their headroom because of all these mishaps that were happening and all the lawyer fees that were racking up that were coming out of some of the band's money. And the band had been at a point for a while now where they couldn't do tours because Jim couldn't stop partying between shows. So, for example, they'd play a show on Friday night, and after the show, everyone would go out and party, but then call it a night, knowing they had a show the next day. Jim would keep partying and get fucked up and do the next show with no sleep. By the time the third show happened, Jim was tired, and he needed rest, (laughs) so he couldn't go on a tour. Like, the Rolling Stones were touring. Every other... Jeez, that's like the worst band, mate. Yeah, every other big band at this time was touring, because that's what you did for money. Well, 
They he were might, limited to weekend runs. He probably had his nipples out too much, and they got chafed. So I agree <laughs> that you can only do so many shows if you got chafed nipples. We've uh, already but, established his nipples are tattooed on, Travis. Oh, that's true. And he barely well, wore shirts while he was playing. Well, I mean, if they're you're tattooed on, wrong. maybe they didn't heal properly, and you're still chafing the wound. Okay, chafing the wound, episode title. <laughs> that's, my new, that's my new grindboard <laughs> band. Chafing the wound. Chafing the wound. So the reason they had sold the licensing rights to Buick to begin with was because of Jim. And then Jim gets mad because they did that. So Jim is out of his mind because they're a they're a operation that is running low on cash, even though they're the number two band in America. Wow. And the number one one keeps like, you know, going in and out, depending on who's hot that that month. But the doors were big. Steady number two, man. That's all I could yeah. ever ask for when I go what to the bathroom. What about the Beatles? Well, the Beatles weren't an American band. Oh, but they didn't chart in America? I mean, they charted in America. What I'm saying is that th- the Doors actually had a really long run of yeah. be- of being number one and number two and stuff like that. And and they would go in and out of phases. Like People got tired of the Doors quick, but then when they came out a new album, it was all, all cool again. You know yeah, what I mean? Yeah. And Brian Wilson was there just eating yeah. paint, so they never charted. Right. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> so, um, also, another thing to take account is, is that a lot of the shows that they did play, there would be riots outside because Jim never actually showed up. So, they would have to refund tickets. So, they would bill, okay, we're making this much on this show. Oh, no, we didn't because Jim was high somewhere and we had to give back $20,000 <laughs> in ticket sales. And we don't get our guarantee, Damn. and we played for, and we paid to get everything out here. At at the core of every major fuck up since like the caveman days, it's because a gym was high somewhere. You know what I yeah, mean? Yeah, kind of. Every yeah. catastrophe, yeah. fucking Chernobyl, the Hindenburg. There was a guy named James or Jim that was just high somewhere, not doing what he was supposed to be doing. <laughs> Challenger exploded. Where the fuck is Jim? Right. He was basically a a, a towelie. Um, anyway after this this is when Jim broke up the Doors initial agreement to split everything equally now he wanted to get all the writers credit for the lyrics because back then and I think even today um, there was three it was publishers writers and then lyrics so if you're a ghost rider if you ghost ride in that whip you get lyrics some shit like that I mean it depends on the agreement but now Jim was just like we're not doing this equal shit anymore I'm I'm taking some of these credits that belong to me and whatever I don't know. Um, I need more money to fuel my anal obsession. I have seven yes. Pornhub subscriptions, all set to anal. Right. So now <laughs> they put out this. They put out an album called uh, "The Soft Parade." Um, it's one of the best Doors albums, but Jim hated that album because he wasn't even into being in the Doors. Mm. Uh, it was all just Ray's writing, and then what was what was some of the songs on Soft Parade? Uh, Soft Parade, that was one of them. Oh, I don't okay. know the album that well, but uh, oh, okay. it, I I did listen to it. Soft it's Parade, it's yeah. fun. It's a fun album. Oh, okay, but like um, any of the popular ones you hear on Z100 before it was not Z100 when it was ninety two point three K Rock. Not really. You kind of just hear that one song. Um, people are strange. From the oh, second strange. album, you hear most of the oh, first album, yeah. and then you hear, and then you hear the album "L.A. Woman," 
Uh, they were contracted to do seven albums. They did th- five original ones, and then one was a compilation, and one was a live album. Okay. Really? Five albums? That's a lot. Yeah, I mean, it's. I mean, if you're getting paid a lot of money for it, it's not that much money. Yeah, you're not doing only- much work to write an album like we could do right now. Let's do it. Do it. Yeah! We're doing it! Music! Guys, I hate to tell you, this isn't going to sell anything. This yeah, might actually good. get people to turn off our free podcast. Tom, <laughs> shut up. This is going to restart Tower Records. Tower Records will be like, guess what wow. we're opening in? We have a billion <laughs> yeah. of these in stock. <laughs> <laughs> right, so well, I as, think we really got something there. As I mentioned before, Led Zeppelin showed up on the scene, and Jim was really bothered by Robert Plant's overt stage sexuality it kind of fucked his mind up because jim used to be a sex icon and now he was just a pudgy bearded man uh he <laughs> was hairy all over his body Those are and he knew in his heart that he would never be in shape again because he was he wasn't gonna do anything i mean robert plant <laughs> is smooth as hell he could like he could on a slip and slide if i've seen robert plant on a slip and slide and he just <laughs> you've seen that is- I, I, it's hard to see. It's hard to hour. see. To be honest, to be honest, he hits eighty-eight miles per hour. He shows up in fucking cowboy times. I've got very good go. vision. Uh-huh. So now we have a man whose mantra used to be "kill the father, fuck the mother, and uh, suck my cock" or whatever he was saying. And now his new awesome. mantra is "rock is dead." He has no faith in the rock music industry. It is nineteen sixty-nine. He is over it. Hmm. I didn't know people said rock and roll is dead even back then. I remember people say it all the time now, but <clears throat> yeah, that was. I think he was one of the first guys to say it because he just yeah, he was a cynical bastard. He had they had he had been doing this for um you know doing stage shows and the whole thing for about five years at this point, and uh, he was just like, I feel all very old. He he was twenty. <laughs> he's twenty uh four twenty five at this point, and he's like. No, no. He, yeah, he's 25 right now. In my age. Yeah, but he looks 40 because he <laughs> has been partying so hard. He yeah, looks like Guy Fieri's friend. <laughs> 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 and his liver is like Yeah, 60. he is beat the fuck up. So um, they organize a, a tour because they really need to get some money in. Um, they, they break it down. <laughs> they break it down. They're like, all right, so let's do a real tour. Well, let's go over to Europe. Let's give the people what they want. Um, so to kick off the old tour, what they decided to do was go to Miami and do a show there. Nice. And then afterwards go to Jamaica just to relax for a couple days, get their oh, head back Europe. together and then go back to Florida, do a couple more shows and then tour all around, do the whole thing and then get to Europe, all this shit. So the first day of this string of shows, March 1st, 1969, a nice. concert in the old, uh, Diner Key Auditorium. Jim Morrison was arrested <laughs> on charges of exposing himself on stage. Oh, oh he pulled his pee out? Yeah, he came out raving drunk. <laughs> yeah. Just yeah. fed up with everything, taunting all the kids in the front row. He loved to do that. He loved to mess with the people in the front row and just like show his nipples and uh, like rub the mic stand on his cock until it was hard. So he's just like, oh, 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 oh. Oh, oh, dancing around. Yeah. He's he's got his hand in his pants. He's like, y'all want a strip tease? 
And they're like, oh, it's that cock. There's just, uh, you know, a hundred <laughs> fucking white kids in an auditorium. A hundred thousand, yeah, a hundred thousand white kids in an auditorium. Be like, Let me see that cock. And he's Let me like, see that yeah. brown tip. So he starts cock. dancing around. Cock. And all of a sudden, the cops start coming out. So he jumps into the audience. He makes a giant mess. People are doing a conga line the size of Venezuela. <laughs> he is going nuts. And His then they get him out. back. Well, apparently his cock was never out. Oh, no. Oh, wow. Um, but they he incited the people enough that the police took him in. And they said, yeah, get cock out. So, <laughs> um, <laughs> um, now we have Jim Morrison, who's, who gets out of jail the next day. He's just like, no big deal. Who cares? The, you know, they they took me to jail, and then we're going to go to Jamaica right now and unwind. So Jim uh, went to his Jamaican uh, farmstead that he rented, and then he was like, oh, fuck, I forgot I hate black people. And then <laughs> oh, and then no. on his way back, he calls his, uh, he, he left Jamaica a couple days early, I believe, earlier than expected. They were going to be there for a week. Calls his manager, and the manager's like, yo, don't fly into Miami. They are looking for you, sir. Oh, yeah. Wow. Yeah, because they arrested him for uh, one charge, but they didn't get him for the caca pee pee thing. So now <laughs> they got him for inciting the riot. He's off on that, but now they're like, oh, we're going to get him for the pee pee. So he flies <laughs> yeah. to LA instead. I love of- this explanation, Tom. This is a premium, again, Tom, premium reporting. I'm, I'm trying love my it. best to be factual and <laughs> honest. So now he's got caca pee pee problems. So he goes over to. LA and he spent some time there and um by this point the FBI actually has a file on him. Well, wow. Whoa, okay. So if you really wow. want to hide your PP, hide it in something. That's what I found. Like a flashlight. Probably No, yeah. like like a brown anus. Like where poopy comes out of. Where poopy comes out of, you could just hide it in there. <laughs> Are you brown bagging your penis, Mike? That doesn't fool anyone. <laughs> Maybe it does. Maybe. Well, anyway, the FBI's got a file on him. Nixon wants to take this guy down because he's like talking shit about this war that his dad started to everyone. Um, he's like, oh, Vietnam, Nixon, bad people. So <laughs> Nixon's like, I want him done. Jedgar Hoover's like in drag going, I want him out of here too. But I secretly <laughs> want to have a genie. <laughs> right, exactly. Mm. So um, he formally gets tried and. The trial does not begin until 1970. Uh, the prosecution trotted out the witness who claimed to... Uh, they tried out a bunch of witnesses who were shocked at the scene that they saw of this man's willy out on stage. Uh, but it turns out that every single witness that they brought in was related to a cop, and not all of them can prove they were there. What and the they fuck? Were, and there were thousands of people taking photos, and they collect all of them, and there's no pictures of pee-pee. <laughs> oh my god so like really? there's a judge like literally doing his best to like find a morrison dick pic in a sea of just media yeah there were professional photographers there who were snapping away there was a whole bunch of people with you their cameras they there have gotten a penis that's why i say he didn't take out his pee because there's no evidence right um, someone at like, all someone's like is that a pee and it's like no sir we see a fingernail the other i think that's his uh index finger sticking out of yeah. his fly uh, right here's him eating a Vienna sausage. <laughs> oh, classic! Dropping it. <laughs> so, um, his lawyer, um, Jim Morrison's lawyer, uh, Max Max Fink, he's yeah. all like, 
Your Honor, there's no evidence that he took it as pee-pee. But if there was, <laughs> he's 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 an artist. He should be allowed to take his pee-pee out for the yeah. sake of art. So even if even if you do find evidence, well, we shouldn't even be looking at it. He's an artist, goddammit. Yeah, I mean, this is this is pre-Yoko Ono, but I mean, Yoko Ono is just a pile of trash, and they can call her an artist, and she can do whatever she wants. Right. <laughs> she you gets away with the art out. murder. I can't yeah. wait till she's dead. Um, five times so, college. Yeah, five <laughs> college. So now we have Jim Morrison on trial. It is not going well, even though there's no evidence against him whatsoever. Um, yeah, it's not going well. So, as I mentioned, they had planned this whole tour that was going to put the doors back on their feet financially. Now they don't have that money anymore. Yeah. Mm. So this fucked everything up further. They weren't allowed to go anywhere. They weren't allowed to do the tour. So. The judge who tried Jim Morrison was actually up for re-election through the state. Oh no! And the, the 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 state had a boner for decency, so he was going to put Jim Morrison in jail, no matter what. Yeah. So at the end of the trial, Jim Morrison found guilty. He's facing up to eight years in jail. I mean, no, not eight showing years. Eight, eight months. Stage? Excuse me, eight months. No, it's oh, okay. an eight-month penis, okay. not an eight-year penis. Okay, that's still a long time. You know, I like to show my PP off to people that would like to see it. It's way too much time. <laughs> Thank God this is a podcast. Yes. Yeah. Right. I mean, <laughs> you're my friends. You've seen my PP. Like, right. But teachers uh, once. <laughs> so Max Max Fink actually applied for the. Um, he he started the appeal process right away. So Jim actually never went to jail. Uh, he actually brought checks with him, a whole bunch of different pre-signed checks. That had different amounts on them based on the bail. So when they said we need this bail, he would just be able to hand it over. Right. Keep the change. Yeah, and like rip up the other ones, you know, whatever it was. So he gets him out. Now he's he's out on bail. So Jim's out on bail now. Um, he hates the doors. He hates his life. He's uh, you know, he he reaps what he's sowing. You know, he's just a pain in the ass. Mm -hmm. Cry baby. Yeah. So now he's he's got this hovering over his head. He could be going to jail, and he's uh, just hemorrhaging money. And he's got this shitty fucking girlfriend, Pam, who's spending her uh, all of his money on setting up a boutique uh, clothing store that no oh, one goes it. to that ended oh, up losing a lot of money. Uh, Spencer's? Um, <laughs> <laughs> if, yeah. if Spencer's had any worth, yes. It was... She actually... They did a really nice job setting the shop up, and there were a lot of famous people who shopped there. Uh, Miles Davis frequented frequented the place, uh, but it was still in the tank, a shit ton of money because they spent like two hundred fifty thousand dollars on getting it Co- set up. And Cody, she was a heroin addict. I'm going back to what Cody said. Like, mm-hmm. it just didn't have the right point. model. I mean, they should have had more Rick and Morty shirts, more Joker T-shirts, pocket chains, um, maybe some bongs in the back. Hot topic. We're a little edgy. Spencer's. Oh, yes. Spencer's. Okay. <laughs> right. So, as I said before, Jim Morrison is a type of guy whom which picture painting is perfect. Now you kind of know the guy. His entire career when it comes to shows were, was either the following. He got to a show, and he put on the best performance of his life, and everyone remembered it forever. Or he got to a show, and then got too drunk to perform and threw up everywhere. Or he got to a show uh, three hours late, and the show was canceled. That's like most of Jim Morrison's life. Or he didn't show up. Yeah, he didn't show up at all. 
Um, so we're gonna slowly get into how he died. Oh, slow. So Sorry, someone asked me how I'm gonna start telling you about how he died. So okay. So unlike his anal sex, how does he yeah. slowly enter death? Did he use butter? Did he? Did he not? He. I mean, what? he ent- he entered uh, hell ways. <laughs> so Jim records the L.A. Woman album with the Doors. At this point, there's less tension because Jim is all right with absolving creative control. They're kind of on better terms, but he also knows that he's done with the doors. He's going to quit after this because their Electra album's up. I mean, uh, contract's up. So he's feeling the heat from this Miami Miami trial, and several sources hint at the FBI doing everything in their power to smother the doors and Jim Morrison. Mm. So to avoid jail wow. time or working with his bandmates ever again, he flew over to Paris to live with Pamela in a- <laughs> Oh, No. In a, a stupid apartment. Oh, well, gay Paris! Yeah, he got gay Paris, all right. So he never sees the doors again. He doesn't see a lot of his friends again. Uh, he's done with the L.A. lifestyle. I mean, I feel like, all right, I knew where he died. I don't know. I don't exactly know how he died because everyone's like, oh, do you go to Paris? You see fucking Jim Morrison's grave that had someone at KFC and left the bucket there. <laughs> <laughs> there you go. Yeah, pretty much. So. Uh, the only in Paris. KFC in Paris is right next to Jim Morrison's wow. grave. I believe it. I mean, he probably really? would prefer it that way because he just liked eating meat and shit. He was yeah. he had a good taste, you know. There was a reason he was fat. Um, uh, let's put it this way: he lightened up on the drinking. He was but just like, not on the physical stature. <laughs> but um, ah, yeah, no, he did lose a little bit of the weight, a little bit. Um, it wasn't a lot though. I mean, you got to. Like we, you don't see a lot of images of how fat he was getting. Um, so in his final days, he had slimmed down a little bit. He had stopped drinking as much, but he still would drink and drug every now and then. He had his binges, mm. but he yeah. wasn't like a yeah. get blackout every night like he was. Um, he was a lot calmer than well, he that's was why he the died. last few years. That's why he died because he wasn't blacking out every night. That's how you're yeah. supposed to go to bed. That's why Andrew WK is still alive, I think. But he he just huffs paint. <laughs> yeah, huffs doesn't paint. count if it's paint. <laughs> yeah, he's actually gas. sponsored. He's actually sponsored by Exxon. It, he moved up. He's not huffing paint. He's huffing gas. <laughs> Better for you. Yes. So now we have Jim Morrison. Mm-hmm. He's age 27. He's in the 27 Club. Oh, July 3rd. 1971, Jim Morrison is found dead in his bathtub uh, in his shitty apartment by his terrible girlfriend, Pamela. Mm. The the circumstances are fairly unclear as the official cause of death was heart failure and there was no autopsy. Oh, lazy Parisian fucks. Yeah. Yeah. They they do not do autopsies unless there's um, reason to. Yeah, murder. They're looking for murder. Well, they're like, I don't know. He was the American. He has McDonald's. It's heart failure. (laughs) They knew why he died. He was a fat piece of shit in a hot tub. Yeah, I I love this like (laughs) dumb chain that the police follow. It's just like, well, we don't know he was murdered because we didn't cut him open, and we're not going to cut him open because we don't know he was murdered. (laughs) (laughs) All right, so let's talk about some theories and conspiracies because this is a little fun. 
A, a boomer loves a good conspiracy. Ooh. That's why they're still probably talking yeah. about how did Jim Morrison die? Who the fuck cares? Well, well there's a really fun one that I got <laughs> okay. for you. So big theory is that Jim <laughs> died of a heroin overdose. Sure. Why not? Yeah. Jim, Jim loved his cocaine. He loved his acid. Although at the end of the life, he just stuck to drinking. He wasn't really a junkie. Um, if you're uh, an alleged badass, you may have s- snorted heroin once, and it's Ooh. not it's not necessarily as addictive as a intravenous junkie yeah. um, would experience. So there's a casual heroin user, which just takes a bump here and there. That's kind of what he was doing. Hmm. Um, okay. So um, there was a per- particularly strong load of heroin making its way through Paris that summer that killed a lot of people. And Jim could have very easily taken a bump of that shit. And after years of abuse, his body gave out. Right. His heart's already fucked. He's eating steak dinners, smothered in butter all night. And like for like seven days, (laughs) seven nights, the steak's been smothered in butter. And he's there. He's like, I've been drinking since I was 12 and I'm going to do a little bump of heroin. (gasps) Dead. Right. Number one. That, right, that right could happen. Travis. So oh, there, there's an additional fold to the story that, that could be added, which is a, a gentleman named Sam Burnett owned a, uh, a club that Morrison used to visit from time to time. And he claims that Morrison died in a uh, toilet cubicle in his Paris club in 1971 after he believes to be a heroin overdose. Now, two drug dealers that sold him the shit took Morrison's body back to his apartment and dropped him off in the bathtub after trying to revive him, uh, which didn't fail. Wow. Option number two. Holy shit. Really nice, hair, really nice heroin drug dealers that don't want you to die in the toilet that move your body. They're like, guess what? This guy's a pretty nice guy. I like him. He buys a lot of our product. I'm not going to let the public see him dead on the toilet. Let's move him back to his bathtub. Paris is yeah. weird. It is a weird place. Another theory is that Pam had lied to Jim the night of his death when he asked her what that white powder was on the coffee table. When she said Coke, it was actually heroin. Uh, She was a junkie. Keep in mind, she's the one nodding off all the time. So then he proceeded to Uma Thurman himself, and John Travolta (laughs) just so happened to not be there that night. (laughs) Got it. (laughs) Beautiful. Another theory is that Jim faked his death as the only people. All right, this is claimed- the way. Hold on, this before you get I into doubt it. That. This is okay. the most boomer of the theories. This is this goes boomer to zoomer very quickly. Okay, sure. Watch Chill this, shit. Tupac. Okay, right. So now the theory is that Jim faked his death as the only people who claimed to see the body was um, Pam. Pam's uh, her- heroin boyfriend, who Jim was cucking, cucking around, um, and some French government officials. Jim Tom. had enough money coming in from L.A. Woman where he could have easily paid off these people to make this happen. Um, like I said, the body was buried, no autopsy, just kind of put in the ground. Mm-hmm. Uh, this would solve Uh-oh. the issues with the doors. This would solve the issues with the law. And the 20 pending paternity suits that he had going on. Holy shit. <laughs> okay. So this absolutely happened. I think he went down to Brazil, hung out with Hitler, lived out a full life. Um, but then also, can we start a chicken place called Cucking Around? 
<laughs> what do we sell? Chicken. Chicken. The whole bird. Chicken. Yeah. I don't know. We'll we sell- do a sandwich. No. Maybe we have a stab-worthy Ooh. sandwich. No, you know what? We don't have, do sam- sandwiches. We don't there. do sandwiches. We sell turkey, but we call it chicken, but it's one of those medieval times turkey legs. Oh, like a, a big-ass turkey leg? Cucking around, because that's a big-ass dick your wife is getting. You're cucking around. Yeah, a Blake. Yeah, fair Blake enough. Damn. Now, Blake black check that place out. Now, let me take that very, uh, uh, Travis, as you mentioned, that very boomer theory. And yeah, when I mentioned boomer. how it goes zoomer, that happens now. Okay. Okay. Now, now, if he did fake his own death and disappeared, he returned into the spotlight as none other than Rush Limbaugh. What presidential uh, recipient of the Medal of Honor, whatever the correspondent? Yes, yes, conservative correspondent (laughs) and radio Rush Rush Limbaugh. Oh, what? L I. Oh, this guy. Yeah, look at him. He looks just like. Pull up Jim Morrison. Rush Limbaugh. Jim Morrison. Look it up. Look it up. Yeah, he does. Perhaps th- his oh, untraceable right. oh, there past. Oh, comparison. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I mean, um, perhaps Look at this. these photos. Per- they let you type it on Google Images, it comes up. So perhaps his untraceable past and a rekindling of a relationship with his right. estranged high-ranking military father was able to make this happen. All right. I kind of see that. I admit. I tap out. Right now, my face is on on the dojo. Whoa. Right now, my face is on the dojo mat, and I have just put on a tap out shirt. <laughs> but yeah, look at that shit, man. They they look very very similar, and we already know that Jim Morrison was losing hair and gaining a lot of weight quick. So he could have disappeared to somewhere in China or somewhere fucking in the Middle East, the Tangiers, and held out there. And and, and he, this man was filled with hate. Can you think of another? Uh, American <laughs> correspondent filled with hate more than this guy, Never. Rush Limbaugh, who is dying right now. So we might be roasting Jim Morrison preemptively. <laughs> because at last time I heard, Rush Limbaugh has terminal cancer and he's on his way out. Dude, this is actually kind of creepy. He's had terminal. He's had terminal cancer since like nineteen like eighty two. Uh, no, no, now they really got him. Now he's in a butt. Uh, well, the one thing I will say about um, right-wing uh, correspondents is they do... I feel like when they take the job, they start looking like a Sith Lord. Um, yeah, and I think works. And I think that Rush Limbaugh is probably, like, the king of them. Mm. But I see, uh, I see where, you know, I'm looking at pictures of... I'm looking at pictures of Jim Morrison, and it looks like he's a young Anakin. Right? He's an addict. He's, oh, I'm a good boy. Look at me. Not I pod race. And now all of a sudden, like, mask off, Rush Limbaugh. Uh, yeah. I see it. Isn't it just something else? I, I, wow. I started looking into this. I saw this joke, and now I realize it's not a joke. <laughs> oh, no. Isn't that just sad? Is that why yeah. he got Because Trump knows. Like, you know, you know, he knows. Is that why he received the recipient thing? Guess what? Best musician of all time has yeah, his tits out guy. and his dick out. Rush Limbaugh. We Who else? Trump and Trump and I. We shared an anus in the eighties together. We both entered the same anus. 
Right. I mean, you have Trump, a guy who's just doing his job, but then he's also very questionable. And he's giving an award to a man who, in his youth, used to scream the N-word <laughs> all the time. That <laughs> sounds like up. a Trump guy. Yeah. So, anyway, you can think on that one. Uh, Pam died three years later of a heroin overdose. Weird. And I'm, I'm sure those two people are having a great time throwing plates and knives at each other in hell right now. No, CIA yeah. cover-up. They got to get rid of Pam. They got to get rid of her. She knows Who's the secrets. Well, who is Pam? Is Pam now fucking Carrot Top? <laughs> yes. Because she's a redhead. Uh, yes. Pam is now so. celebrity chef Paula Dean. Boom. That's fantastic. Done. You just spike a white claw? Yes. <laughs> anyway um so that's jim morrison aka rush limbaugh yeah there you go the truth comes out yep <laughs> man they look so much alike they do yeah it's freaky i think i think tom we we came up with this episode too soon should have waited like nine months when he's dead i could have waited oh god mike's <laughs> oh, sending photos of carrot top he All right, so I get, that's, that's how we know to end the show when Mike starts doing that. <laughs> oh. All right, so now I'll just end the show. You go, or how about someone else ends it? Because I always do that. Oh, okay, thanks everyone for listening. Uh, no one likes to hear my. I've been talking all episode. Cody, Weird. you know how to talk with your mouth. I don't. Right. Yeah, Fuck take it. us out. All right, that is our boy Rush Limbaugh. Rest in peace. Thank Fuck you for tuning in. And Mike's going to keep spamming Carrot Top, so we're phoning this one in. <laughs> Thank you for listening. <laughs> Patreon.com slash RoastMortemCast. Give us your ducats there. Everything else, just Google us. We love you. Thank you for, thank you for Thank sitting you, here. Shane. Thank you, Shane. Ah! Riders Good times. on the storm. Riders on the storm. Only 16 lyrics. Into shrimp. Um, oh, no. My mic. Oh my god. Oh my Did you god. unplug your mic? Yeah, I kind of unplugged it, but until the shrimp palm. Like a boy with a child, shrimp boy will never chill. Trying to chill with a rush line Thank you. Thank you, Shane. Thank you, Kenley. <laughs> Thanks, everyone. Thank you, Shane. Thanks Bye. for dealing with that one. Love you. Peace. <laughs> Peace. Right. Well, that was fun. That was a good boy. Yeah.